0: news nugget bob no no news vocab bob nugget the star wars saga began and kenner continues the excitement star wars figure the empire strikes back to the jedi welcome to the star wars collector's archive podcast it's the cut cast newest news on
1: oldest stories
0: from bubble bath to
1: belt buckles 12-packs to 2-packs. New boss. Alien
2: bounty hunter. Thunder,
3: thunder, 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 star Wars collection.
0: We bring the world of vintage Star Wars memorabilia alive! With informative features and personal collecting collectibles. Offer expires December 31st, 1979. No, no, no. At Octavito with Embrisco. The Supreme Master, the Emperor. Brought to you by the Star Wars Collectors Archive. The SWCA.com with your hosts, Sky Payne, Stephen and Stephen B. Dentley. In this month's about. Vintage Pod, we cover Angry Early Birds, French exhibitions, Celebration 6 wrap up, Vintage in the Clone Wars, and Collecting Club news. We learn about Australian POTFs, French absurdist advertising, and the amazingly unloved Fun Poncho. Our figure of the month is the power droid, the modern Prometheus, and a hot, hot, hot interview with how high's the water, Bob Steffi, who tells us what it means to collect the gunk. Market Watch features some insanely high-priced three-packs and Vlixises. Vlixi's. A lot of Vlix figures. Finally, Sky interviews Jeff from Jeff's Collectibles Empire to talk about buying collections, collecting American production items, John Kellerman's masterwork, and why Sky is a snobby jerk. All this and somehow more with the Kidcast Vintage Pod number 33. Wampa Wampa! Welcome to the Kidcast Vintage Pod for October 2012. That's right, it's the big Celebration 6 come
1: down episode, Steve. I'm sorry, we'll keep the party going with an October cast.
0: Yeah, it's it's funny because, you know, we recorded those shows at Celebration. Yeah. And so, I mean, this has been the longest I've gone, not thinking about recording a show in, I guess, in two years, (laughs) right? I mean, this (laughs) is the third episode. It's our Larry Bird episode so you know that's you know almost that's over two years so yeah no it's
1: it's pretty insane when you think about it that way i was just tripping out the fact that we were recording live in person again for the first time in so long like whoa this is really how it used to be
0: (laughs) yeah yeah it's funny we've done so many more not like that
3: yeah yeah
0: but yeah i mean but before even we get to the the movie thought i just sort of wanted to say that the thing my quick recap on celebration six about the difference from that to a different the other celebrations right every other celebration i've gone to i've made like these little like binders and stuff with all my mementos and oh nice and i had them all i wrote little notes and i had my little diary on there yeah For celebration six i got not i got no scraps of paper i got <laughs> nothing steve did you even know they're coming out with a new star wars tv show no yeah the robot chicken dudes they're like coming like george lucas was there at the show really yeah, I, I had no idea. <laughs> I, I came home and I found out about all this stuff. There's all these cool panels and all these things I wanted so yeah, to do. But
1: We were totally in our own element there, like just completely detached from yeah. Star Wars society. So
0: Yeah, it was, it, it was <laughs> funny to be in the – that was probably the least I've thought about, like, Star Wars right, in right. years because exactly. I'm so busy thinking about the part of Star Wars that I was responsible for, you know? <laughs> exactly, yeah. But yeah, and I guess the the only thing I'd really say is I just wish there was more time to talk to everyone. Oh yeah. And yeah. that's the real thing, Steve, because you know, definitely the highlight for me was driving around getting lost with you and trying to oh, find yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, getting stuck at the Boba Tea place, and that was so like great yeah. because, you know, like, we don't get to see each other that much, and we're good friends, and it's a good story and all that. Yeah, yeah. But then I think about, you know, like, like you know, Trevor, our tweeter-duder, you know, he was there, and, like, yep. I don't think I had one conversation. I had maybe talked to him for, like, five minutes.
1: Yeah, I, I felt bad. It was the same thing for me. It was just – there's so many faces and names like that. I'm like, oh, you know, I, I know you. I know you pretty well, and it's just, like, a, a pass-and-go thing, and you just wish that you could – Keep it going.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's the, the funny, kind of bittersweet thing about it, you know? It's like yeah, the yeah. only way you get to know people better is by really getting a chance to talk to them, but then you talk to enough people, and then when you get together, then you want to talk to those people, and anyways. <laughs> but that's why we have collecting clubs, Steve, which we'll get to that's later. That's right. That's right. So let's, let's get into my movie thoughts, Steve. All right. I do not have a thought about our figure of the week. No. <laughs> which is, which is the, the gonk. I mean, I'm sure okay. I could come up with one if I wanted to. All right. Well,
1: I gun. came up with one in reserve if, if you need it. But to, okay. well, well, let's hear, let's hear the, the, the first first run.
0: Well, anyways, uh, I do this thing with my kids where I say they can watch anything they want as long as it's the French version. Okay. So, you know, we were, we were watching uh, uh, Empire Strikes Back in French. Mm-hmm. And I was just watching it again. And it's kind of fun watching it uh, and looking at it. And I'm sort of on the background. I was working on some lesson plans. And I was thinking about the Luke and Leia kiss scene. Mm. And it's a very famous scene. Yeah. But I don't think people have spent enough attention to the way that Kirshner filmed it. Mm. If you actually look at the frame of the shot, it's Uh very clear that it's not, there's no way it's even close to a romantic kiss. (laughs) And this is why, Steve. If you look at it, think about it in your mind it's a low angle. Behind Luke and Leia, and in the frame is Han, 3PO, and Chewie.
1: That's true. That's
0: true. So, so Kirshner, with that little just choice of instead of having it be a close up of them kissing, seeing everybody there, it made it clear that it was a kiss for society. It was a kiss for show, a kiss in public. (laughs) It was a kiss of like, you know, a politician trying to show something to somebody else and, Mm. and not an act of love.
1: Ah, wow, that's interesting. It's funny, uh, I was reading, you know, the the place I work has a copy of, of uh, Kazan's original draft, and the way that that scene was written was very opposite from the way it, it turned out. Really? There was even more tension and jealousy in the conversation, <laughs> which is hilarious to read. I'll, I'll send it over to you sometime. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's funny, because you could just tell that in the middle of making that, Obviously, the dynamic was changing. So
0: <laughs> right, yeah, and just yeah. because I remember as a kid thinking like, "Oh, does that mean they're in love?" But I mean, if you just right. look at it from a, uh, you know, from a mise en scène, you know. You know uh, yeah, yeah, I like. Hey, I
1: like you bringing up the <laughs> cinema studies terms. I haven't heard that in a while.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I, I'm teaching a, a conversation uh, class based on cinema, but nice. Yeah, so I just, uh, I that was sort of my, my movie thought from just watching okay. the movie again. But Steve, we have to know what is your gonk <laughs> thought, dude? This is a first. It's Thirty-three episodes in Steve's first movie thought.
1: Well, the reason I thought about it is uh, it ties more into the Halloween theme. I've been going to these screenings of the old Universal uh, monster classics, and I realized that the power droid is the Frankenstein of Star Wars. (laughs) He's got these bolts on the side of his head, and he kind of just walks in, you know, weird stumbling form. And I imagine if he actually had arms, they'd just be stuck out straight in front of him. (laughs) He's basically like the armless, you know. Frankenstein. He's he's all about power, and Frankenstein is powered by electricity. So you know, that was my random tying it into the month of October thought. Well, maybe Lobart can
0: put up a poll whose observation (laughs) is better, because you definitely win this month,
1: Steve. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Yours is much more. uh, I don't know. uh, Deep. Mine's just like
0: oh. But yours is looks going like to lead to exciting. an awesome Photoshop of someone doing the Power Droid Frankenstein. <laughs> you're so right because ever since Episode Three, you know, we think of Darth Vader as Frankenstein and you know the reverse right, right. of science and all that. Yeah, yeah. But you're right, Power Droid Frankenstein. <laughs> awesome, Steve. Well, let's uh, let's hit the news. <laughs> Sounds good. News from Kenner.
3: Here's the news. Here's the It's Kenner's
0: news. News
2: from Kenner. Here's the news. From it's Kenner's news.
0: news from not only was that like a good character thing from the movie, but tied right into the month that it is.
1: Just timing, perfect
3: timing. That's all it is.
0: Yeah, just perfect timing. It's it's funny. See, I have to admit, when I was editing down the 32nd episode, <laughs> yeah, you know the the second uh, celebration one, I was yeah. like, this is not our best work. <laughs> Oh, I felt bad. I mean, the stuff with Jason was good, but you know, I'm missing. I don't know what happened to all the. Oh
1: man, I, yeah, I was I was bummed when when we there was the technological malfunction, but uh, yeah. it's it's crazy. I'm taking this digital preservation class, and it's all about the loss of of files and what happens and how, and it's just something that is still unexplainable. It just happens, so it's
0: yeah. <laughs> it's scary. It's scary. But... So I'm glad that this month has already started off, and we're. I mean, we are just firing on all cylinders. That's yeah, awesome. no, it feels good. It feels good. That's great. So there's actually been a fair amount of news. that's yeah, sort of yeah. vin- vintage related. Definitely. And uh, Steve, I'm, I'm going to start off with the one that I, I just happen to think is the funniest. <laughs> this I, 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 is
1: classic. Have oh. you
0: heard about the Angry Birds Star Wars thing? I'd seen some kind of little headline somewhere
1: about Angry Birds and Star Wars. I think it might have been some ad through Facebook, but I'd not seen this, what you're about to describe here.
0: Okay, so, I mean, first of all, I, th- I believe, and someone, correct me if I'm wrong, but that someone made, like, a fan-made Angry Birds Star Wars thing, and that was actually oh. the basis of all this. Okay. I remember seeing the picture, and, and you know, I've, I've done a little burden in my time, and I remember <laughs> thinking, wow, that's awesome. And yeah, that's yeah. That's exactly what it is. But they're selling toys as well. <laughs> and so somebody from Hasbro, I guess, just came up with the idea of making an early bird Angry Bird package. Uh, it's a pretty good combination. <laughs> and, and you'll see the picture on the show notes, and we'll put it up on the enhanced. If you, if you don't go, uh, what do I call classic? Right? Yeah, classic. Yeah, enhanced classic. and classic. So in, in, yeah. the, in the event you're listening to this enhanced, you'll see it, and uh, it's just it's great because they they went they went so. Into the original early bird package style. Yeah, like they even have the strip of red covering up R two. Covering P2 up R two. Yeah, it's great. And of course, that yeah. makes me happy because my favorite bird of all the Angry Birds is that big giant one, and that's the Chewy. So, so that, that's going to be,
1: you know, in the museum at some point in the near
0: future, I imagine. Yeah, at some point, although <laughs> I also have all these other Angry Birds, I'll just give them to my kids. They'll, they'll yeah, be <laughs> there's, there's good. There's good for all there, I think. Yeah. So that's kind of the the, the first of the vintage in in pop culture news yeah yeah Um, there's more yeah there's there's more and i want to get into this um as you know steve i I like watching the the clone wars Um, and
1: uh i know and i am still i've you know come to the like conclusion i'm just essentially five years behind in all television so i'm I'm just looping this in with that it's not that i dislike (laughs) it i just haven't seen it
0: so right right (laughs) so i just have to say one thing steve and that is that they did this really lame thing where they took a character that we know, Steve. Mm. We know, we saw this character was cut in half. And Uh-oh. they dare to bring this character back. Oh, no. I'm not talking about Darth Maul, Steve. He what? was cut in half and he was brought back. I'm talking about Snaggletooth. No way. That's right. They brought back the blue Snaggletooth. And, uh, <laughs> of course, I'm joking. I'm happy they brought him right. back. But I was trying to think of an angle. And I was like, well... He was cut in half, and they're bringing him back, and everyone knows that he's not yeah. blue. But yeah, uh, he's kind of a weak character, to be honest. I think he's like some kind of ship, <laughs> shipyard attendant or something. Does um, he have a, a British voice as all those Cantina actors probably would? No, it's kind of like, ah. a, kind of like a goofy voice. Okay. But, uh, but still, I think this opens up the possibility for a, a real... Uh, blue Snaggletooth. So, I mean, between like the the gentle giant Blue Snaggletooth. Right, and, right. And,
1: and he was also a star tot.
0: That's right, yeah. And they, the they're, they're pushing poor little Red Snaggletooth out of the out of the picture. It's it's kind of sad. It's true. He's going to become the rarity. The yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyways, we'll include a picture of that as well. Yeah. And it was just, once again, just both these things that are at the forefront of what star wars is right now and in order to understand star wars you have to understand vintage it's that's absolutely right yeah so uh, what you know steve i can't i i can't talk about what's happening in france because <laughs> no I, I had this feeling that i should always be in france you know being a french teacher mm-hmm. so yeah. like i i know i'm not going to be able to go there and see this so i can't even uh, talk about this because oh, man, it, it that's, bugs yeah, me that makes so sense. bad that i can't go <laughs> so tell me about it steve
1: well can you at least just pronounce the name of the museum for me because i don't want to even butcher that
0: Oh, uh, Musée des Arts Décoratifs. Okay, you thank go. you.
1: Um, so it's in Paris, France. Uh, there's a toy gallery at, the, at this museum. That uh, it's basically the history of Star Wars toys for the last 35 years uh, from the collection of a very uh, big, you know, collector in the hobby, Arno. Uh, what's his last name? Uh, Groomberg. Yep. And uh, I mean, basically, this this exhibit has everything that any, especially vintage collector, would dream to see. Um, I mean, it's uh, prototypes from from the very beginning all the way through. Um, let's see, I'm trying to think. I, I even thought I saw some, like, plaster casts or, oh, like, prototypes uh, yeah. for those masks. Yeah. I don't know if those are the masks that you have, or I, they look similar. I only saw, like, a small picture of them, so I wasn't sure if that's what those were. But, I mean, just any random thing you can think of from, you know— it's one of the most significant to all the way through, you know, to the, mo- the most modern stuff. It has everything.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, his, know, his name is, you know, known among big-time Star Wars collectors, but yeah. he definitely, I mean, there's no, I mean, he is, he is in the pantheon of the San Suites and the Lopez's yeah. and all those yeah, guys. As yeah. far as the stuff that he has, um, and, you know, he, he has a you know, really clear passion, too, which is cool. Oh, yeah. You know, he's not, oh, and yeah, and he's the fact this. that he's sharing everything is great, too, because... You know, right. a, lot of, a lot of, I mean, the, the general assumption among a lot of people is that whatever exists, Arno has got two of them. Um, <laughs> right. But right. It's, it's at least great to see him show a lot of it. I mean, even just in this one picture that I'll show here, you know, he's got the full lineup of unproduced ESB figures and right, right. full line of popeys and uh, yeah. unproduced yeah. micro stuff and.
1: Yeah, and I like, and you know, he calls his company sciencefictionarchives.com, and it's it's meant to preserve and showcase, you know, stuff that he has, not just, I mean, I, there's no telling what else is there, but as far as sharing, this is pretty insane to, to just have at the general public's <laughs> enjoyment. I mean, I, I, I wish I
0: could go. Yeah, I mean, I'm, at some point, you know, I'm, I'm a, I go to France fairly frequently, and I'll yeah. definitely uh, try to get a... In place interview. My dream is to actually have a couple episodes of the Kivecast that'll be completely in French, Ooh. and then I'll also do an English version of the interview. But um, okay, I like no, that. That's kind so of, my, I'll of that helps. <laughs> yeah, one of my uh, one of my future uh, future plans. So we'll nice. definitely be be revisiting the Arno collection. Hopefully, yeah, talking yeah. to yeah. stefan and, of course, our, our new best buddy ollie who's bringing us uh, pasties <laughs> and pastis. chocolate cereals. Yeah. Absolutely. Which uh, we finished all the chocolate cereal, Steve. Have you finished the (laughs) pasties?
1: Yeah, I think that that didn't last throughout the uh, the weekend. Oh yeah. We we had some help (laughs) from some uh, some uh, fellow collectors, which was good uh, because I think we both. Yeah, some Scandinavians (laughs) and also uh, a man with the last name of Carell. He definitely helped me with uh with some of mine.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's good. Uh,
1: But yeah, no, that was that was a pretty uh, special gift. So thanks, Ollie. You you made it for us.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that that was great. You know she. I mean, he, he brought us these, these great things and the cereals. I brought a couple for my wife and then one for me. And, of course, I ate all of mine before my family even knew about it. <laughs> they were like, what happened to that cereal? I'm like, oh, yeah, I ate that all week. Sorry. Uh, uh, man. Here's yours. Will you share? But, <laughs> well, why do the darn podcast, you know. Right, right. And uh, also, speaking of people who were at the show and who were, who were nice – I just wanted to sort of officially once again encourage people to listen to the Kentucky Escape podcast.
1: Yeah, that's uh, Tim Hopkins, right? He's, uh, a, yeah. he's in Kentucky.
0: He's in uh, Kentucky. He's a good guy. He's like – he was actually a pretty big supporter of the museum as well. Oh, and cool. And I just realized in Celebration 6 that the whole like rebranding of the Kivecast towards the vintage <laughs> pod, <laughs> like it's not – I don't – I definitely didn't mean to steal it from him. Yeah. yeah. It's very possible that I did one of those things where I saw it and then I just did it without knowing it. Just it.
1: in your – yeah, it was implanted.
0: Or, or it's just a coincidence and it's the, at the same time, you know, how many people see a pod and then think. But I don't yeah. know. Whatever it is, uh, he didn't seem to be too worried about it, but I feel bad about it. So… uh Anyways, I mean, fortunately, none of us are making any money off of these things, so we can't sue each other. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> definitely check out the Kentucky Escape Pod. Yeah. And uh, if you guys don't you know, want us to knock it off, we can knock it off. <laughs> because I'm pretty sure you did it first. And uh, I just. I do 't know Steve do I worry too much about this or not enough what do you think well
1: you you worry a lot in general but I, I think I think um, it's good that that uh, you and Tim talked about it I'm, I'm sure things will be fine
0: <laughs> do, do I worry too much Steve I mean am I am uh, I, I don't know am I, I wouldn't say who worries no. too so you're, much you're, you're worrying? worrying you're
1: worrying too much about worrying right now okay, so let's just... <laughs> let's
0: pump the brakes and we'll,
1: we'll, let's keep going with the news
0: it's <laughs> uh, good wow you're, you're like playing the role of Lobart today
1: Oh, man. I don't know what that means. Ugh. Oh,
0: he's, he's always the person who's telling me to move along. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I've been trying to get a hold of Lobart. It's been hot. It's been oh. probably over a year, right? Since I know. He's, it's, it's,
1: he's really – we're missing the Lobart uh, voice. We need him back.
0: Yeah, yeah we we do. But uh, he's a mysterious man. He's doing – actually, the, this uh, this evening I went to a Cub Scouts meeting. And, oh, nice. Uh, he does tons of Boy Scout stuff too, so that keeps him pretty busy. Yeah. Because there's, there's two kinds of dads at those things. There's the dads who run away, and there's the dads who hang around. And if you hang around, <laughs> then like, oh, you're the new den leader. What? Here you go. What? <laughs> so you just brought into the ring. Yep. Yeah. You're brought, brought into the ring. Uh, and also, I think that uh, Tommy Garvey... Yep, the uh, Hobby History
1: Archive. That's uh, a great section on the the archive that he's he set up. He's uh, getting all the panels on there. Um, I don't know if they're all up yet. I think he's in, incrementally posting them right. as he uh, gets them up. But, uh, yeah, for anyone who missed those panels, it's it's great. And, uh, yeah, I, like I said before, probably in the last episode, I've still been too afraid to watch our panel from two years ago. Oh, yeah, no, I haven't we, watched it.
0: Yeah, n- <laughs> n- neither of us have watched it. Everyone else will have to tell us how it is. Yeah. we we'll have to, like, pull a clockwork orange on us to get us to watch yeah. it. Yeah, probably. But yeah, they've. uh, It's just great to have all those panels up there. I mean, you know, I had to leave early. I didn't tell the story on the podcast, um, but I had to leave the show early because I was teaching the day after Celebration Six ended. Yeah, yeah. And there was that storm coming. Storm is just on the on the horizon. There's a storm coming, Annie. Storm's coming up, Annie. You better get home quick. You better get home quick coming up on here You'll like it. <laughs> and, uh, and so I changed my ticket it turns out that I didn't have a seat it was oh man I barely got on a plane but I missed the the Nordic collectibles with matthias oh yeah
1: I was I was super excited about that being, so uh, being a weird Nordic person
0: yeah so I get I get to I get to watch that now and that's pretty yeah. exciting cool so and that was great because I got to say both Tommy and Matthias' his name so I get their yeah they're in they're in um, oh, I did actually hear someone recently <laughs> call Chris Giorgulis Chris Chelios. What? That's, that's, he's for hockey fans. He's like a really famous hockey player. I think he played okay. for. Uh, I think it was the Blackhawks for the long maybe defense. I think he was defense number <laughs> seven. Anyway, someone can correct me. But I just love that they, they confidently called Chris Giorgulis Chris Chelios. Oh, uh, that's funny. I keep that identity uh, secret, but I thought that was okay. pretty funny. Okay. Um, Steve, you never heard of Chris Chelios?
1: No, I'm, I'm sorry, man. I'm not a hockey guy. I, I like the sport, but I just don't know the first thing about the players and, and who's who.
0: You see, this is why I had to leave California. Whenever my students ask me, this is a true story, Steve. Uh-oh. My students ask me, you know, do you like teaching in, S- in Santa Barbara more and in Rochester more? And I say, you know, I like the weather in Santa Barbara. Yep, yep, that's maybe about it. <laughs> I cannot stand having students who have never heard of Wayne Gretzky. Oh, well, see, that's that's one thing. No, Steve, they never, none of my students had ever heard of Wayne Gretzky. I cannot Seriously? relate to human beings who do not know who Wayne, you don't have uh, to like him. I'm not yeah, asking he, you to know, uh, you know, Terry Sawchuk. Like, you have to know somebody. The great one, man. He, he, uh, All right, good, Steve. Well, at least you're uh, you're justifying it. That,
1: that was my grandpa there. He, he loved hockey and he loved Wayne Gretzky, so I at least knew who, that, who he was.
0: Right, yeah. yeah. And, and, hey, we're, we're making our Canadian fans happy. Yeah. So that's good. Some uh, I think Terry Sotchuk doesn't get too much mention on most Star Wars podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Uh, Steve, this does not count as news, but <laughs> I can't no. help it. The there's a new Taco Bell thing. And, <laughs> what? Uh, have you seen the Taco Bell ads? No, not me. Um, not any, not any recently. It's like this vaguely, like youngish, exotic, almost attractive, like chef. Who's like? If you want to make good food, you must make good food, and it's this whole idea that Taco Bell is not making, you know, rat poop garbage, and, <laughs> right. and they call it the Cantina menu. And uh, uh, okay. I just mentioned it. Hey, hey, any anything like that
1: we can get? You, yeah. <laughs> yep.
0: should, should I edit that out? See, those are pretty bad. No,
1: no, just leave it. It's it's
0: good. <laughs> uh, that's good. Am I talking yeah. too fast? Nah, no, yeah. it's, it's it's peppy. It's good. Yeah. And then, Steve, we have Collecting Club news. Yes, we do. Uh, You want to go first? Sure. Uh, So I'm very excited because, you know, we started the the California Club, I don't know, three years ago, four years ago? Uh, It was was, actually four years ago, yeah. And, you know, it's been pretty successful. And ever since I've been in New York, I've thought, oh, you know, should I try to get something together? and. Uh, the podcast takes so much effort and I don't have that much time and all that. It's true. Yeah. And then, uh, Tom Quinn or Thomas Quinn and Jetson, AKA Jason, uh, just got it in their head to start the Empire State Star Wars Collector's Club. That's awesome. And so the next meeting is next Sunday, um, which I'm really excited about because this weekend was the, uh, New York Comic Con, but right. Right. Did you end up going? I know I couldn't do Comic Con uh, and Celebration, yeah. yeah, yeah, and hopefully Celebration Europe in the same right. in the same yeah. year. Yeah, um, I mean, it hurt, but I couldn't yeah. do it. Um, so, anyways, I will hopefully edit this before Sunday the twenty-first. Um, <laughs> but definitely, uh, you know, look on the forums and see if you want to join because these kinds of collecting clubs, you know, like I was saying at Celebration Six, I wish I could have had more time to talk to people. You yeah, know, like. I've every interaction I've had online with Thomas or Jason has been great, but I've never had any you know, real like substantial time to talk and chat. Right. And it was just like the, that with the California Club. You know, like I knew who Phidias was, but I didn't really yeah, have a chance yeah. to talk to him. And then there yeah. I was talking to him for three hours and, you know, eating wingdings. So it tends
1: to be how things go <laughs> when you start to hang out in person. It, it, yeah, it's it's cool. It, it's a really good thing.
0: Yeah. So next during the November episode, I will have some audio. From the first ever Empire Star Wars Club, Empire State Star Wars Collectors Club. Nice, awesome. And then, do you have news about the California club? Are they meeting? Yeah,
1: you? yeah. It, the news is, for one, it still does exist. Good. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I, you know, an idea that we've been kind of brewing for quite a while it looks like it might be coming to fruition. We have a tentative uh, tour scheduled for Rancho Obi-Wan next month with, uh, you know, it's the Sand Suite Museum up in the Bay Area, and uh, he's agreed to host us. Um, it's Veterans Day weekend, and uh, it's going to be awesome if it, if it comes together. Um, we're trying to get a few people from down south to carpool up, and then there's a bunch of Bay Area collectors that are wanting to go. Uh, John Kelman has expressed interest in going, so it'd be great wow. if he could make it. I'm really hoping it works, um, and i got to you know, send a huge thanks out to Will Grief. He's really kind of been doing the legwork on that and uh, connecting the two parties, so uh, hopefully that'll work out. But it'll be Sunday, November 11th, and I'll definitely be taking plenty of pictures. I don't know. Maybe if I can figure out some way to record something, I will, I will try, but I'm obviously technologically inept because most of my uh, <laughs> room sales audio was uh, somehow eradicated. <laughs>
0: but yeah. Anyway, oh, anyway
1: it's it's really exciting. I, I hope uh, hope it works out, and if not this time, then definitely sometime in the future. So yeah, well, yeah that's stoked. just
0: awesome, Steve. And uh, I, I, you could not paint me any greener for how jealous I am <laughs> that that may be happening, but also uh, blue with pride. I don't know yeah, what it is, but I, I guess. I'm just I'm happy that it's you, still you were the, the yeah the founding father, man. That's that was your your yeah. club. And that was kind of like the dream was that eventually we'd be able to go to Ranch Obi-Wan and get Steve involved and, you know, the, the other Steve, not the real Steve, of course. <laughs> um, and, right. and, and eventually, you know, of course, tour the Lucasfilm and all that. And, but these are all kind of ideas yeah. that uh, they've been brewing. But uh, that's great. So.
3: Yeah.
0: so we'll see. Yeah, well, that's, uh, that's great. And then, Steve, I think that's pretty much it for news. Yeah, I I was going to actually sort of weave a vintage vocab into the last piece of news. Okay, all right, sounds good. So I'm I'm just gonna say that, and then I'm gonna put the (laughs) drop in. (laughs) It's vintage. So today's vintage vocab word, Steve, is Australian POTF. So at Celebration Six, uh, I just happened to take a look at the General Giant line. Yeah. And I mean they just keep making these things. And part of me just is really kicking myself not buying them because Yeah, yeah. <laughs> every time I see one, I'm reminded of the fact that they are just a pure celebration of the Kenner sculpt. You know? Yeah. I basically, mean, yeah. All the beauty of a Kenner sculpt is right there. You can see the simplicity, the the effectiveness of the design, you know, that you know, now Hasbro has to do all this articulation, all these paint jobs, but they don't actually get at the essence of the figure. Here you see the giant figures. And I happen to see at Celebration 6 one of my absolute favorites from oh, when yeah. I was a kid, the Gamorrean Guard. Yeah. This thing is it's just sweet. <laughs> and the thing is just really sweet. Um, and actually, I have a sad, sad piece of news, Steve. The Uh-oh. last of my Return of the Jedi cups broke. Oh, so, no. Yep, yeah, so I, all, all of them have broken, even oh, the Gamoian no. Guard and the weird Bondage Leia thing. Oh, so. bummer.
1: We're going to have to get you a replacement set pronto, I yeah. think. I think it's necessary. It,
0: it is. But anyway, so I was looking at it, and I noticed something really cool about it. They're mm-hmm. not releasing it on a Return of the Jedi card back. They're releasing right. it on a Power of the Force card back. With a giant coin. <laughs> right, with a giant coin. But yeah. that made me think, you know, this is a good opportunity because they're doing something. This isn't a vinyl cape Jawa. Nope. This isn't a blue snaggletooth. This isn't something where every run-of-the-mill Star Wars collector knows why it's special. But right. this is a really special idea and a really special thing that General Giant does that portrays that right. a sincere comprehension of the vintage market. So <laughs> what, what does it mean, Steve? What does a power of the force Gamorian Guard mean?
1: Well, essentially, there was a couple of Power of the Force figures that were only released in Australia, and uh, the Gamorian Guard happens to be one of them, which means this is just honing in on a, a true international rarity, which I think is awesome.
0: Right, and there was you know, the AT-AT driver, right. and there was Nikto, Nikto right. and they were both with Warrock coins, so it's great right. like they have the Gamorrean Guard with its actual coin. The actual coin, right, right. And I mean, so what an obscure rarity to, to, to highlight. And, yeah, uh,
1: no, it's it's great.
0: Yeah, and it's it, and I read somewhere too that because of the humidity in Australia, it's mm-hmm. really hard to find them with a the clear bubble. Yeah, and, it makes sense. It makes um, sense, but I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> they're also Return of the Jedi
1: era figures. Yeah, no, show. that that's that's true. I kind of you kind of have to keep in mind that,
0: that that's yeah, it's exactly yeah. what they are. Um, and, and the other problem too is that because they have the horns, at least Nikto and Gabor Hingar, they often break through the bubble. Right, right. Which, which I think is very, very poetic. So, yes. <laughs> so that's uh, – someone emailed me recently and said their favorite part was the vintage vocab. So oh, cool. Australian Good. POTF is yeah. your uh, inter- is your uh, vintage vocab for November 2012. I mean
1: o- – October.
0: <laughs> well, you see, it's Australian, yeah. Steve. Oh, uh, all technically right. Technically, in Australia, it is currently November. <laughs> and where we, here we celebrate fall, right? There, right, right. they're celebrating July 4th.
1: So. Now, let's see. This thing also gives me hope because it's just a Return of the Jedi figure. I'm like, just maybe. Just
0: maybe. Oh, Steve, they're going to do it. <laughs> they're going to make it to the B-Wing pilot. But you're going to be like, you know what? It's not vintage, so it's probably not worth it for me to buy. You know you're not going to get one, Steve. Oh, come on. Man. <laughs> oh, man. Well, speaking of great focuses, uh, of great yeah. foci based mm-hmm. on rather uh, silly characters um i think we should call bob steve
1: yeah let's let's give bob a ring
0: all right so we're going to call one of one of the great uh power droid collectors of course there's also the 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 cineast uh who's making the uh brian who's making the plastic galaxy movie yep that's Um, right but we've already talked to him we're going to talk to him more when the movie gets on but we want to talk to bob who's not only a power droid collector but is in many ways kind of a a power droid himself so uh, why <laughs> let's get we, into that. <laughs> why don't we give him a call? <laughs> all right. There's Steve. Yep. Number. Hello? Hello, is this Bob? It is. This guy. This is Sky and I got and Steve on the line. Hey Bob. Hey, Steve,
4: how are you?
0: Doing all right. What's happening? Well, you know, we were just uh, recording our episode about the the power droid, and uh we thought, let's give Bob a call.
4: All right, well, I'm glad you did
0: yeah, um well, first of all, Bob, I think it's pretty cool that this is the first time I've ever talked to you, not at a celebration <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's the same same for me it is It is kind of strange <laughs> it is,
4: yeah, it's funny, yeah, I mean, we've been roommates at at I guess four yeah. of them now
0: yeah: yeah, so so people who listen to the show may be somewhat surprised to know that Steve and I don't room together at celebrations because Steve has his his special room with Bob.) <laughs> and uh, and they, they always room together with with Gundy and Brock and uh, yep. and Brock and uh, and so that's always been the tradition, and Bob's yeah. always been sort of the, the phantom menace of that group, kind of like, kinda like <laughs> who, who is that guy? What, what does he do, and, and why is he there? Um, that's true. I
4: am a background character.
0: Well, I, I don't know if that's true, but certainly no, uh, so. Powerdroid is Bob. So uh, yes. I, I emailed you when I, and seeing if you were interested, in that, and I said, "Could you describe your passion for Powerdroid?" <laughs> and, and how did you respond, Bob? Uh, passion
4: is a little bit strong.
0: It's <laughs> yeah. so sad. I mean, you. First of all, I mean, let's let, let's describe. I mean, you have a, a pretty much a complete. Proof and Chromelin run of Power Droid, correct?
4: It's it's a pretty good run, yeah.
0: But there's no passion.
4: Well, <laughs> it's it's more. I mean, I I like the the card, the card back. I don't really have any big you know fascination with the character really. It, okay. It's sort of like a like like a lot of these runs. It sort of kind of fell together. Kind of you know just it sort of snowballed. Kind of came by chance. I um, shortly before um, Celebration Two. I you know, bought like, my first proof, which happened to be a Power Droid you know, Empire proof. Okay. And then you know, Celebration 2 happened, and there was that big flood of proofs hitting the market.
0: Right.
3: And
4: they were, you know, the prices are pretty good, too. So I was you know, say hey, I got this one, this Empire thing. I'll get something to go with it, and then wound up getting from Dan to the Star Wars one. Okay. And then, well, I've got those two. She should get some others. <laughs> and I asked him, hey, do you have any others? And he said, well, as a matter of fact, he did. He had about five more. So oh, I got a bunch of Empire ones and a and a Jedi one from him, and then it just kind of got, you know, worse from there. <laughs>
0: right. Wow. So then, so, it was sort of like that random one that you just happened to get. Did you get that one off of off of a friend or a show or eBay? No, it was
4: just an eBay thing. I think it was just it was just one. It's like, oh, that looks kind of cool, and it wasn't very expensive, and it you know, it was, and it was you know, a, an Empire card. and It looked nice.
3: Right. And then
4: it's just like, well, I get the one to go with it, and then the one to go with it, and then next thing you know, you've got Star Wars through Power of the Force.
0: Well, I remember the first time I saw your, your picture on Rebel Scum of of the whole lineup, and I think a lot of people had a similar feeling, where they all just said, that's a really nice-looking card yeah. back.
4: <laughs> it is. It's got good colors, and especially without the, the figure in there kind of cluttering things up. Right. I mean, <laughs> it looks nice. It looks really good.
0: Yeah, it has. I guess it's just the the purple, right? We don't think of purple as being a very Star Warsy color. Um, but I actually, have we, where is the original f- image from? Does anyone know the original Powerdroid image? Where they took that from? I'm that's a good sure, question. No. I'm not sure because um, it doesn't look like it's on the sand color, right? No,
4: it's just it's well. If it's so hard to tell. There's so much airbrushing on that one. Right. Yeah, it, it's you that's know, which is a lot of where the color comes from too. I mean, it's it's got that weird sort of glow coming out of the side of it, kind of red and blue lights. It's 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 heavy on the airbrushing.
0: Right now, did did you play with Power Droid a lot when you were a kid, or do you have any attachment to it beyond just having a bunch of the toys? It's it's kind of funny.
4: Um, anytime I think about you know, okay, the Power Droid, I know I had. I mean, because I have, I still have my my childhood one, and most of my other childhood toys, you know, the Star Wars ones anyway. But um, anytime I picture it, I picture it. In the space case that that all my figures lived in, I don't picture it like running around the Death Star or doing anything interesting. It's like I picture it in the case. I know it's safely,
0: safely tucked away.
4: Exactly. Just like, what are you going to do with this thing?
0: Oh, that's great. So you even in your childhood nostalgia, it's it's just kind of a a a background. uh, It's just a
1: spare battery, essentially. That's right. It's in there just in case somebody needs it.
0: Now, is it is it just a, a pre production run, or do you also try to put together uh, production figures as well?
4: I've got um, some production stuff. And, um, you know, a fair amount of the U.S. ones and some foreign ones because again, it's just the, the car back looks cool. The, the Meccano one looks really good. It's just one of the square ones, so I like that one a lot. And
3: oh the, yeah, that's, that's beautiful. one
4: and uh, a German one, which is not terribly impressive looking. It just doesn't have any logo or anything on the front.
0: Oh right. Now actually, I'm now getting the pictures. Hey, this is sweet. Have you shown these before? Uh.
4: I don't know. I don't.
0: I don't know. Yeah, they're they're really nice. I lo- Is there some kind of translation on the Power Droid in French? I don't think I've ever seen the Power Droid square card before.
4: <laughs> Nothing exciting. No, it just says Power Droid. Oh, okay.
0: Huh. That's interesting. Like of it's, all of it's them, Universal. Yeah. Ex- exactly. <laughs> uh, it's easy to read. Wow. Yeah. No. That's. Uh, yeah. That's a great looking run. Now, do you think that uh, Power Droid is cooler than a B wing pilot? <laughs>
4: I don't know. The B-Wing pilot's a little more versatile because you could do like Steve, he could be your Luke X-Wing. Right. Hard <laughs> doesn't really stand in for anybody else very well.
0: Right, but he does go click.
4: That's true. Yeah, that's he's got a feature. People say it. It's like, oh, I loved him because his legs clicked.
0: Yeah, and, and still yeah. to this day, as I often talk about, of all the vintage figures, that's the one my kids like the most because of the clicky.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah that's just a... But you're right. It's never translated in Italian or in French. Hmm. That is really weird. Yeah. yeah, that's funny
4: oh yeah the Italian one too which was kind of cool I like that one too the logo on
0: it yeah yeah no that's great and of course you sponsored the the uh, the the, the Star Tot. Tot
4: yeah
1: yeah that's right
0: and some people say that was the the best hot of all. Steve, you're you're a you're a neutral. I, Do you think I was one story? of my
1: favorites? Clearly, like it, it's it's. I mean, I really loved all the the way the droids turned out. Honestly, um, the droids and the aliens and the power droid in particular. I I was so stoked uh, when Bob gave me one. I was like, oh, this is great. So yeah, yeah that, uh, it's, it, it was a good really choice. Well.
4: The, and it looks a lot like the, the Kenner figure too, which is really yeah, cool.
1: yeah. It it translates into that medium. Just, just right, I think. Yep. <laughs> I'm <laughs> going to awesome. add,
4: add some, some insult to the to the Power Droid injury by saying that it wasn't even my first choice.
1: Oh my oh, God. that was my next question. How how did it fall on on Bob to get the Power Droid? <laughs> what, <laughs> what was your first
4: choice? The first choice was Luke X-wing. But that,
0: uh, was, that
1: was a pretty popular one. So,
4: okay. Okay. but that was it was my second choice though.
0: Well, do you also have a Luke X-wing run going, or are there other I hidden got, things about Bob that we don't know? <laughs>
4: I've got um, kind of a, a snowspeeder thing going, so...
0: Oh, that's right. That kind of yep. falls yep. into that a little bit. Yeah, okay, so I knew about the snowspeeder, but I didn't know that the uh, the kind of the Luke X-Wing kind of got got wrapped in there. So that, that makes sense. But I, I got to tell you, the the power droid is a cooler Star-Tot. It is. I
4: think I think so. I yeah.
0: Know. That's uh, awesome. It turned out really well. Well, Steve, what do you think? Think we should uh, should burst into the, uh, the Bob Steffi it. lightning round? Yeah, why not? Oh, my... <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve. Uh, let's see. Let's ask him first. So, is there? What's the sort of one item that you're looking for in your collection? What What is your holy grail at the moment? Because we we're hoping to help collectors and have people listen in our vast audience, and they'll be able to contact you right away. So, w- what's the one thing you're hoping for? Well,
4: I think you know the the one thing that, that will never actually happen probably is the um, is that little weird prototype from the German catalog. Um,
3: oh, right. Yeah. But uh,
4: that's, I don't think that thing is even known to exist, along with most of the, the rest of the stuff in that picture. But um, I don't know. There's a, there's a, a Star Wars Chromalyn, which is out there, and, and but it's, it's, it's pretty pricey. So I don't – but that, I think right now probably if this things that are actually attainable, if you want to spend the money, that's probably the thing.
0: Right. Okay. So you know where it is and you could potentially get it, but you're not willing to pay the price? Yeah, it's pretty pricey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially too. I think if you were one of the the lucky SOBs at the celebration 2 sale, you're like, oh, all this stuff is cheap. It shouldn't be expensive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
4: I was looking back through some through some emails since I knew we were going to be talking about this, just to see how cheap some of those early ones were that I got, you know, about ten years ago, and it's it's just the prices are just jaw jaw droppingly low.
0: Would you like to share, or is it a, a, a well? I mean, secret? I got
4: several of them in a lot for less than two hundred dollars. Wow! Wow! As sort of the more common ones, but you know that just doesn't happen anymore. No, <laughs> no. I'm going to get five of them for one hundred eighty bucks.
1: No, no. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's just that's ridiculous. Wow.
0: Yeah. Well, that's it's really interesting. You know, I think we've talked about it a fair amount, but that a lot of the a lot of the you know old school collectors like Bob just can't see paying. These kinds of prices for 2D stuff, because there was a time where it was so cheap. Um, right. Yeah. Wow. Five five proofs for 108. Even Power Droid, Steve. That's uh, even Power Droid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and then, the, of course, even then, the the like the
4: power of the force and the you know the chromolins and that kind of thing were more. But yeah, but just some of your more common cards were, were just so cheap.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I remember I got a 21 back Power Droid proof. Just one of them was 180, and I thought I was paying a lot then. But I probably couldn't get it for that much now. So, oh,
1: man. yeah, man,
0: that's funny. All right, so Steve, so imagine you're, you're. I mean, uh, why do I keep calling him <laughs> Steve? Steve. I'm sorry, Bob. I think I'm just so used to hanging around with you guys in your, in your room, <laughs> maybe kind of a unit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah kind of, <laughs> kind of. Well, the other funny story with Bob was I, I kept on thinking that. There's this old De La Soul song where they where they <laughs> sorry Bob I have to go I have to go this again, but there's this old De La Soul song where where they sample Johnny Cash, and I always thought they said "How high's the water, Bob," but it turns out they said "How high's the water, Mom." <laughs> but anyway, so whenever I'd see Bob, I'd, I'd ask him "How high's the water, Bob?" How high's the water, Bob? Um, and uh, that was the other thing I think of when I think of Bob. Um, although hmm. maybe I should just start calling you Mom. That's fine.
3: <laughs> All right, so Mom,
0: imagine your your entire entire collection's burning down. You can only grab one item. Which one would you grab?
4: Could I grab that space case? Would that be one item,
0: Steve?
1: Mm, I think I think we could
0: we could let that slide. Yeah, we'll <laughs> let it slide because it's actually contained. It's a one piece unit. That's, That's true. Right. I could yeah. Just grab that
4: and, and go.
3: All
0: right, that's some true.
4: people aren't aren't big on the you know oh I would take my childhood things I would you know they go for whatever the is the one of a kind thing in their collection or that kind of but but really that's
0: kind of the foundation of all of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And plus I really the more I look at this picture, Steve, do you have it as well? Did he send it to you?
1: Uh, I'm just imagining it yet. I haven't okay. seen it.
0: Yeah. No. It's <laughs> it's pretty great because he has you know Chewie Han. I mean Chewie Greedo and Hammerhead to the left and. Uh, Fett, Walrus Man, Invader to the right. You know, everyone, all accessories gone, and then sort of right in the middle, top section. There's the the, the Power Droid right there. Nice. So
4: that's where he fits. He fits in those big
0: squares. Yep, <laughs> that's right. That's <laughs> where he fits. And then Bob, this this is a question which uh, is my favorite question, and and it's it's a tricky one. But if you were a vintage Star Wars collectible, you don't have to be a Power Droid. You could be if you wanted to be. But if you were like you, Bob Steffi, were an actual vintage Star Wars collectible item. Which one would you be?
4: I'm going to go with something like, um, like Hammerhead, some other kind of kind of background character. He's kind of useful. He's good to have around. But right. He's not the the most. Showy. He doesn't even have like the bright green suit that Groot has. So <laughs> That's little what's that? Whatever the name of it. You came up for his little blue
1: suit. That's
0: right. The man The man suit. That's just Tony
1: Stark. That's not even that wasn't even creative on my part.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you won, Steve. You won. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that I I could see that I could see Bob as a hammerhead. and then too,
4: there's saying not not taking us even farther, there's there's the the four you know Cantina aliens and there was the four roommates we were talking about earlier
3: that's Actually, true
0: the
4: hammerhead the hammerhead of our room
0: yeah I could see that yeah huh I could see that. now now I have to try and figure out who everyone else would be uh, oh wow that was a good answer Steve huh yeah that was a good answer really good uh, it's good. it's always hard because I'm trying to figure out like how to best phrase that question
3: yeah it's, yeah. Uh,
0: uh, it's, it's always tricky, but wow, Bob, you actually prepared a lot for this interview. I'm, I'm pretty yeah. impressed. I did think very, about very that. Good interview. I
4: didn't decide which canteen alien, but one of them, I figured, you
1: know. Okay.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, seeing as you've, you've prepared probably more for this interview than I have, Bob, anything else you'd like to add? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Well, awesome. Well, it's, it's great having you on and, and I hope that, you know, in, in the next celebration that, uh. You know, we'll get to hang out again and, and people will say oh you're you're the Power Droid guy from from the kive cast because oh, that'd uh, be great because yeah. Bob is definitely one of uh, one of the great people that you get to meet at celebration who you know you don't post that much and you, you keep a low profile but you know your stuff and you're you're a really good guy so yeah well, absolutely you. one of the best oh, All right. Well, that was uh, awesome talking to to Bob. But let's say we get to the nugget. All righty. Tis a nugget from the archive. Tis a nugget. Oh, my God. They're gorgeous. From the archive. Oh, my God. All right, Steve. Well, uh, before we... we uh, Put in the Bob interview, I actually kind of had this idea of having it flow seamlessly. Because remember how I was talking about you know something Australian with the Australian vintage vocab? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I just learned recently that nugget is an Australian word. Really? Yeah, nug was like a word for like a, a lump or something in England. And okay. I guess when the people in Australia started talking, they used the word nugget. <laughs> That's interesting. So, uh, not really, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, did, did not know that. Yeah, that's more of a did not know that. Not that that's interesting. <laughs> that piece of information was not in my head previously. Thank you. Nope.
1: Yeah, yeah um, pretty much.
0: But anyway, Steve, you, you you found the nuggets. So tell me uh, what you unearthed from the archive. All
1: right. All right. So basically, I kind of was building off the the Frankenstein theme here with uh, a piece from the unproduced 1985-86 line extension. Um, and so what you had, we've, we've talked about some of these figures before, but you have these kit-bashed figures uh, with a lot of weaponry and, and badassness that yeah. uh, that didn't come to fruition. And this one that we chose this month, it's it's got some power droid in it, but
0: it's <laughs> not, hard not... to find the power droid. Yeah, it's that. hard
1: to find. Yeah, it's 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 interesting, but he's got this is a Imperial Attack Droid C, by the way. That that is his name. Um...
0: <laughs> oh, an IADC. <laughs> and...
1: Yeah, that's that's right. Exactly. <laughs> um and so it was the last of three other droids, so look up A and B for sure if if you want uh more of this kind of thing. But uh he's he's a a Kitbash droid with power droid legs, looks like the core of an FX seven and then six rockets, uh Four little bomb things, maybe more rockets, and a nice big gun on his head. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, I I think of it as a monster in many ways. I mean, it's, it's put together from many droids, but it's also something that would just destroy you, which is not something that the power droid, in his original state, I could ever imagine doing no I mean, unless you know you know went near a puddle of water with him or something and <laughs> it right, was just an exactly. accident
0: i don't know but i've uh, always kind of pictured the power droid as kind of like bringing me a mountain dew or something you know?
1: yeah yeah like, yeah here he, he, you he, go, yeah. here you go <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> or he just pop is, out a beer from from his belly you know <laughs> yeah no,
0: this thing is also awesome. i guess it's the power droid legs is that right mhm yeah it's yeah i mean first of all the the unproduced the line extension that is a well we can go to every episode oh, yeah. and it just and I, never yeah. dries up.
1: Exactly. I try and sprinkle them in every now and then because I'm just drawn to them naturally. I'm like, oh, we yeah. got to talk about this. I'm
0: like, I'll, wait, I'll wait a little while and we'll pull another one up. Yeah, yeah, this is – I think if these actually existed in collections and not just yeah. in pictures, right, people right. We talk about them as much as we should. Yeah. But just there's something about that's so consternating that you can't have them. But <laughs> the other thing I was thinking, this looks like Japanese.
1: True, true. He you does know, have a Japanese robot feel to him. You
0: know how like, like they put all the, you know, they gave uh c <laughs> the abs of steel, you know, with right. The, right. The six no. rockets shooting out of his stomach?
1: Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's, it's in that same vein, for sure.
0: Wow, that, that's awesome, Steve. That is definitely a nugget. Uh, and let's, uh, let's say give a word to our sponsor. Um, it's actually right. a, a print sponsor this, this, uh, this month. Okay. And uh, Miro Makano... Uh, the French company is actually going to be releasing the Empire Strikes Back figures. Uh, we're on the verge right now. Yep. Uh, L'Empire contre attaque And uh, it's, it's pretty cool because they've released these commercials in this magazine called Pif Gaget, uh, which is kind of like kind of like the Mickey Mouse Club magazine, sort of meets Boy's Life, kind of mixed okay. in with like um, a comic book. It's sort of like a general boy's magazine. Okay. And uh, they're doing this cool thing where they're showing all of the figures in play situations. In action. In action. <laughs> and uh, so one of them uh, reads as follows. <clears throat> Hammerhead, War Horseman, Greedo vont réduire à néant les espoirs de Luc. Mais tu n'es pas joué à suivre. Which uh, basically means Hammerhead, War Horseman, Grido are going to reduce... <laughs> are going to completely annihilate Luke's hopes, <laughs> which, first of all, just you gotta love the French, right? Oh man, if yeah. be a I mean, if you studied Sartre, right? You know, he talks about the. Okay, I better stop. This is where don't don't so barbie, don't,
1: that don't, me, don't end that with gone. right. Just say if you ever studied so and so.
0: Right. <laughs> so, anyways, they they talk a lot about uh, French philosophers talk about how we come from nothingness. You know, being mm-hmm. in nothingness and nothingness is néant. So it's it's not just. That he's going to kill Luke's hopes, but he's going to reduce Luke's hopes to nothingness, <laughs> 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 to existential uh, nothingness. Oh, that's perfect. Uh, and then it says, you know, but it's not over. And it features this great picture. And this um, Paul, our, our great friend uh, uh, from TIG, who's sort of. Our liaison with the Imperial Gunnery, he suggested this for the TIG oddball items. Oh, good deal! Um, good so I'm deal. Done Good choice. Like it's actually our advertisement, and there's a whole bunch <laughs> to, to select. And I oh, cl- I collect these on the side; they're not that hard to find. Oh, cool! But it's just great because Miro Mikanu just said, "We're gonna do it." I mean, Kenner, whatever. We're just come up come up with our own advertising campaign. They did a lot of really inventive things, and here you have Luke and all the Cantina aliens, C-3PO and R2-D2, in like, the trash compactor.
1: Yeah, it looks like the trash
0: compactor. And Luke is really sticking his lightsaber in a place it does not belong. Let's just say he's Crito. fighting
1: back from, you know, he doesn't want his uh, hopes to be turned to nothingness. Yeah, he's, exactly. he's really fighting fighting back.
0: We just say the, the lightsaber is going towards a state of nothingness. <laughs> um, and, and one of my favorite things that Paul said is that it looks as though C-3PO is drunk. And it, he
1: yeah he really does look like he's in rough shape.
0: I don't know how he did it, but c 3 does look like like one of those drunken homeless dudes who like yeah. who doesn't look comfortable sitting down but can't right. stand up either. Yeah, you
1: know? <laughs> yeah, they're they're stuck in that in between. Yeah. Oh man.
0: And then in the background, uh, you know, you got Snaggletooth, the good red snaggletooth, and mm-hmm. he's got this that, that weird crooked smile. He just seems yeah. to be enjoying the whole thing. You know, just he, yeah, watching. he's he's
1: definitely enjoying it. Uh I and I can't tell if Hammerhead's like consoling Luke or trying to restrain him.
0: <laughs> no, no, he's he's trying to reduce his hopes to a state of yeah. nothingness. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's uh that's that's great great. maybe I'll show some more of those in the future yeah no definitely because uh, (laughs) they just they had it right you know that's the vintage spirit that's the the pre-photoshop pre-unification of the line and Mm -hmm. uh, creativity brand marketing (laughs) yep good good old Greedo getting a partial exam from Luke you can't you can't beat it Uh, and so with that uh, let's go to our unloved item
3: You
0: All right. Steve, I got to say, your selection of unloved items is often quite inspired. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, I've been thinking a lot about costumes. You know, you, you showed the picture of the three masks that I got at Celebration 6. Yep. And yep. I actually now have a, a pretty nice little area of my collection that's just my masks. Awesome. Um, it's sort of an accidental collection that I've wound up picking okay. yeah. up. Yeah. Um, but you found something just truly wonderful. So, what what is it, Steve? <laughs> well, Halloween is like by far my favorite holiday, and I know that you know vintage Star Wars
1: costumes, even the best ones, were a little scary in, in the wrong way. Um, right. scary and this bad. this is scary bad. And this is something that I had never seen before, and I'm kind of amazed since we really focused on C-3PO and ponchos in the past, but uh, what we're talking about here is the uh, Star Wars Fun Poncho uh, (laughs) with Mask and Hood from Ben Cooper. It came out, I think, I think 77 or 78, and uh, and it just says C-3PO Golden Robot, and it's got this just creepy picture of this child in a yellow poncho with... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not even not even a full faced C three PO mask. It looks more like a Zorro mask that's been right. transformed into a 3PO face. And uh, it's just so wrong in so many ways. I mean it seems like this the ultimate uh, cop out. Like if I was a kid, you know, at the store saying, I want to be C three PO for Halloween and this was probably going to be like a good couple bucks cheaper than the real C-3PO costume. My parents right. would be like, well, hey, you know, it's C-3PO. This works.
0: <laughs> yeah. The, the, the more time you spend with Star Wars Fun Poncho, the more time you spend looking at Star Wars Fun Poncho, the more you love Star Wars Fun Poncho.
1: Yeah, and I just noticed something else here on the uh, the safety specifications. Yes. <laughs>
0: I just noticed that as well. <laughs> okay. As well. <laughs> All right.
1: Oh, uh, this is terrible. So, waterproof Flame Retarded Vinyl. <laughs> isn't isn't is, the proper word retardant?
0: Yes. It's, <laughs> it's <laughs> just so Waterproof Flame Retarded Vinyl. It's that just, is the greatest just... name. Retarded Vinyl. Ah, oh, that's great. Flame Retarded. <laughs> so funny. Oh. And, and, and that's not all. Okay, they've also got the weird generic planet. That's supposed to look like Saturn. But whoever it was, it it doesn't look like a ring. It just looks like a piece of ribbon around a circle. Yeah, it's a ribbon. Uh, The fact that they call him Golden Robot is (laughs) also funny. That's his surname or subtitle. (laughs) Because presumably, you know, you'd be sitting there like, I really want a Halloween costume. What is this c 3 P? Oh, it's a Golden Robot. Did not know that. (laughs) This looks like a is this a fun – it is a fun poncho. It's a fun poncho, absolutely. And then the other thing, Steve, is if you look at this – I mean, I cannot wait to get one of these. Um, (laughs) You know, because we've actually talked about this, Steve. Uh Um, But we are starting for Celebration 7 our own branch of the 501st Legion, right? Oh, right. That's right. Yeah. And uh, it may not be officially, you know, tied in with them because those guys do lots of great work and they're serious and we're goofballs. But it's all based on vintage themed costuming. Right. Um, so we're going to have battle ponchos and, you know, blue snaggle tooths and all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and this is definitely going in the Star Wars fun poncho. <laughs> and there's uh. something that's so creepy about the face, and I realize what it is too. Yeah. Uh-huh. This kid looks like E.T. Oh, my God.
1: You are absolutely right. So the, the eyes are a little wide set, uh, more yeah. than natural.
0: And uh, the, the color of the mask. And the color of the <laughs> mask is E.T. So it looks yeah. like if elliot from et was dressed it's up like oh my god And don't they even wear ponchos and that doesn't need yeah even yeah, wear yeah. Like he's that uh, isn't that what he's like
1: wearing when he's riding him to safety or whatever yeah, he's and
0: he's like trick-or-treating to... right and he's all covered yeah. up in the right so oh, that's so bizarre we have a lot of photoshop work out there for jared or whoever has enough time to do this <laughs> kind of stuff we have to do the the power droid uh, gonk and we have to do a comparison of the star wars fun poncho uh, with with ET and Elliot because oh, it's man. all there.
1: It's totally there. You you're totally right. Man, that's crazy.
0: Yeah. And and of course the other final thing is just C3PO's hand position. It's, oh jeez. Yeah. And his, that surprised look with exact, you know, he could be like saying, "Hey, you've interrupted me doing something very important." But anyway, <laughs> I'll I'll leave that uh, I'll leave that to be Oh, you know what we didn't mention last month, Steve. Oh, what's that? That we actually found the the reading. Pad. Oh, yeah, that's right. We found a couple
1: of, of unloved things. We found the uh, the reading the beach pad. Yep. And uh, also the party invites. Yeah, so oh,
0: I have to, to put those up on the on the show notes because we didn't Both. mention that in our wrap up. <laughs> Do you remember? They were kind of expensive. I remember. <laughs> I don't know I remember why that. I didn't buy the reading mat. That was ridiculous. I didn't even. Look I think it, for it was like a hundred bucks. That's why something. I didn't buy the reading. I mat. I think that's why you didn't, didn't buy the reading mat. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's an unloved item, and once okay. again, due to the uh, the cave cast bump, that's just going to go through the roof now. Yeah, who does not want a Star Wars fun poncho? I, I,
1: you know, I don't have a Halloween costume. I may just have to see if I can track one of these down. You and don't have be one, set.
0: Steve. You're a good set of barber boy. What's up with you? Not not already. Well, uh, you know, I I always
1: did haunted houses stuff. I never had time to actually like come up with a costume. But uh, uh, this year I might have to have to just do this because. Uh,
0: Oh man, I got I got my Bane costume all set. I got oh, no. I got my bald cap. I, got I was gonna say, mask. what are you gonna do
1: about the hair, man? Yeah.
0: Well, you know. I don't oh, ha- by the way, how how is the
1: uh, the hair recovering from your your Mayhew? Uh, oh, it's, it's
0: going alright. It's pretty scruffy. <laughs> I've, I had to buy product, so like, oh man. I yeah, I've uh, got product in my hair. I'm all like uh, Metro, um, <laughs> but you know, I had someone cut it and they they cut it for free because because of well, you know the whole story. So that was cool. That's cool. Um, but uh but yeah, so I got the bald cap and the mask and I bought this coat with the the lining and actually I wanted to talk to our Swedish friends because the coat that he wears is based on an old World War II Swedish coat. Really? Oh, then, wow.
1: Really you're really getting into the nitty-gritty on this.
0: Well, yeah, but then I thought it probably cost a lot of money and <laughs> all right, well Steve, we've just been trying to figure out where to insert the interview I did with Jeff from Jeff's Collectible Empire. Uh, yesterday, we had to insert it into the show, and uh, it involved me going, News Nugget Bob. No, no, News was, Vocab Bob Nugget. No, it no. was quite a so, struggle. Uh, <laughs> so I think we've decided we're just going to slip it in here right after the unloved item yuck, and right yuck, before Mark Watch.
2: Don't know back.
0: So I'm here with Jeff, and uh, you know he regged uh, on Rebel Scum back in 2006. Uh, I've known him, I've known about him for about six years, and yet, Jeff, I don't think we've ever talked, have we?
2: No, it's, it's, this will definitely be the first time.
0: Right. And so I started to think recently, you know, why is that? And and I realized, you know, it's we collect in different ways. And frankly, Jeff, I've been kind of a jerk and kind of a snob. Uh, I know that you liked AFA, and I didn't like that. Uh, you know, I knew that you used brokers, or at least I thought you did, and I didn't like that. And I just didn't like you – know, you came from nowhere, or I thought, and then you seemed to have everything. But uh, I just – I don't like being a jerk. And I don't like being a snob, and I realized you know, my decisions my, – all my thoughts were based on assumptions. And even if they weren't, who made me a judge or anyone a judge on what's good or bad? Uh, so, Steve and I, with this show, we want this to be for all vintage collectors, uh, even if we collect differently. So, I want to officially apologize for my snobbiness and try to get to know Jeff better and share with our audience better. Because you're clearly knowledgeable, you you have a jaw-dropping collection, which no one debates, and your passion is pretty clear. So, why don't we start, Jeff, with the simplest question: Why do you collect vintage Star Wars?
2: Well, it basically goes back to my childhood. Uh, I was born in in 1975. So, you know, I I, I didn't have anything other than 70s and 80s toys, and mainly Star Wars were the first type of action figures that I ever had as a kid. Right. So the first time, you know, that I had ever even played with any toys, that's the only toys that I ever – played with with star wars i didn't even play with any type of superheroes <laughs> you know anything like that nothing interests me near as much as star wars did
0: the, the way that i was you know i think a lot of people were introduced to you was this sort of massive thread you put up in 2007 and uh, it's kind of grown over the years and has pictures of is that you when you were a kid playing with your figures at christmas yes
2: yes yeah, yeah. that is me playing with my first x-wing and me opening my first ad at Walker at Christmas and things of that sort. So it was really, it was really nice. My, my sister actually had all those pictures because my mom didn't have any from Christmas. So it was really unique. My sister oh, knew that, that I was awesome. looking, she knew I was looking for those pictures. Uh-huh. And so for my birthday, she went to like Wolf Camera, had them make copies of her picture, which I didn't even know she had. Oh wow! And sent them all to me, so it was really a really unique birthday present to, to receive. So.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Now, is that you with the uh, R2-D2 throw pillow? Oh, yeah. Uh, now, that right there is just, that's the best picture. I'll put up a show link so everyone can see it. But I've never even seen that. It looks like it's one of those, uh, like, latch hook kits or something. It looks like someone made it right. for
2: you, right? Yeah, my sister did make it for me. That's oh, why wow. she had the picture. So she had made that for me for my birthday, I think it was. Oh, that, and every yeah. birthday, probably, I would say every birthday from the time I was old enough to play with Star Wars till I was probably, I don't know, 10 or 9 at least, she would always give me some kind of Star Wars toys because she really, you know, knew that I enjoyed them. Oh, so.
0: well, that's awesome. So you can, like, still sort of have that now with her sharing the photos with you and have the pictures of her giving them to you. So. Yeah, no, that's that's great. I really like that because you know, again, I think a, a lot of the the difference in the way people collect is there's sort of the AFA group and the non-AFA group, but it doesn't matter what you feel about that. When you see these pictures, you know, of, of a you know five-year-old playing with a with an X-wing, that's pretty universal. <laughs> right. So, so that's awesome. So how how long have you been sort of like collecting seriously the the vintage stuff?
2: Vintage, I've been collecting since 1994. Okay, so I started collecting toys back in 1991 ish, and then when the re-release of the newer Star Wars came out, I started, you know, getting all those. And then I was collecting my loose collection at the time. Right. So I did not own a packaged figure. Uh, probably not until I want to say 90. Okay. And it was like January of 96. Uh, a friend of mine called me up that uh, does mortgage stuff, and he had a lady that was in need of money quick because she had like an uh, orphanage at her house. Wow. And they were going to shut it down by Monday if she couldn't come up with some money. And so he called me, and I at the time, you know, I was still, I don't know. I didn't have any funds on, you know, yeah, be for pretty sure. Yeah, you were young,
0: right? Like 16 or something. Yeah. Like
2: that, right, yeah. Well, I was probably, I want to say, right around 20.
0: Oh, okay. So
2: I'm, I'm 37 right now, so. Okay. Um. So I was right around there. And so he had called me up. well Back then, you know, we had pagers, so he paged <laughs> me. And, and so I, I paged him. He said, well, how much does you want? And so on and so forth. And that's kind of... The start of my vintage uh, package collecting was that collection, which was one of my, you know, I still own probably 20% of that collection to this day, because it was one of the nicest collections I'd ever, you know, even have the opportunity to buy, but it was.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty nice way to start. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to buy one. I'll I'll get 111. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, I was, when I was getting ready for this interview, I was looking through pictures of your collection and I kind of wonder, and this may be too vague of a question, but do you have a goal? Like, for instance, when I see, like, you have, uh, at least according to the last picture I saw, you have like 11 carded layers, right? You know, you have some from each card back. Are you trying to get right. one of everything? Is it just whatever you see that's in condition that you approve of? How, how do you – do you have a goal?
2: Yeah, okay. So I had if – you, if you see on, on my thread, you'll see a picture uh-huh. where my the longest wall in my basement, I originally had completed that wall, and it was my original first goal, which was pretty much, you know, your common variants. if it was different, you know, Jedi, uh, Empire, Star Wars logos. You know, I collected, you know, the same figure on those logos. Right. So when I completed that wall, being a collector, I just loved to collect. <laughs>
3: right. And
2: so I started just collecting, you know, a lot of newer stuff uh, hot toys and things like that. And so I really lost some interest in what I loved the most, which was vintage. So at the time I had to reconsider. And I was talking to a friend of mine here that's been a collector friend of mine for years and years and years. But then I was just telling him, you know, I really enjoy, you know, a carded figure collecting the most out of anything I ever have collected and so I said, you know, what, I'm going to look and see how I could rearrange my basement <laughs> and collect one of every figure on Kenner card on every card front. So it's visual. it has to be like a visual variant right. so that if somebody that came into my basement had no idea about Star Wars, they could see why I collected each one of them.
0: Now I I, I got to tell you, Jeff. You know I do. I've done that for Chewbacca, and I completed my American run about four years ago. And it doesn't matter how different they are on the front; they still think they're all the same. if They're not collectors. Right. Are,
2: right. Well, it's just easier to explain to them. Right. Exactly. I can just go. Okay. Well, you, you see this one. This one has a. You know, this one has a free figure offer. This one has a survival kit offer. This one has. display are yeah. it, and so so on and so forth. You know, of course, you know people that just don't understand collectibles or anything about it they, you know you're sitting there trying to explain a couple things to them they still just they're just like well this is just too much information you know
0: yeah yeah no that's that's funny that was the same decision that i made you know just with one figure with chewbacca but you know a lot of other people they try to get all the backs at the same time And it's just as a, someone who really cares about display which obviously you do uh and i do as well it's just it's really hard to justify getting the the double up of the same front so so that's that's still your goal is getting one of each card front for every figure?
2: Yes, I enjoy collecting. You know, the hunt for Carter figures for me is really, the, you know, there, there's nothing like it on the planet. Because I don't right. usually buy, unless it's an open auction, I will rarely buy an AFA-graded figure. Okay. Unless it's just something that, you know, I've been looking for for years. You know, it might be just a a, a simple offer that just, you know, I haven't seen in two or three years. If it pops up, I'll pay an extra 50 bucks or so.
3: Right.
2: But almost all, you know, I would say 95% of my collection I've collected raw and, you know, decided to get it graded myself.
0: Huh. Yeah, no, I think that's interesting because usually with with AFA collectors, I think people who don't collect AFA assume that a lot of them, especially if they're perceived as big spenders, just sort of say, you know, they just ask Derby to go out and find an uh, eighty-five, and he goes out and finds an eighty-five, and then and then buys one. Um, right. So that, that's interesting that, to that, know that it's a, a different way.
2: That's what that, that's what the most fun is for me. Is right. you know, it, it is very difficult. To – I've actually had one of the best years finding collections this year, raw collections, in the last – I would say over the last eight years, this mm-hmm. year has been the best year for finding amazing packaged Star Wars collections over the whole year. It's just huh. been unbelievable.
0: And so then in, in your terminology, you call it raw if they're not graded? I kind of like that. So like – and then yeah. when they're, yeah. so then just, they're slabbed yeah. or you call them cooked or you just call them graded?
2: Uh, we just put them in carbonate, you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I always try to make it kind of fun when people always get kind of, you know, so many people get very offended by the, the AFA thing. And yeah, yeah. I'm not, you know, I don't want to rage their fire. So right. I just try to go along with it. And sometimes they're like, you know, why do you want to put them in a the, you know, coffin? So then I'll call them coffins and, right, you know, things of that sort just to try to, you know, because I don't want a separation. And I've never wanted a separation between a collector that doesn't collect ASA items and right. then a collector who does. You know, I mean, my best friend that's one of the largest toy collectors of everything but Star Wars in the world uh-huh. doesn't have anything that's graded. And he appreciates mine, and I appreciate his just as much.
0: Yeah, no, I I think that that's hopefully where the hobby would go in the future. I, I think what happened was, you know, people just got – angry that things started costing more and then there was this whole question of you know authentication and you know some people who spent their whole life learning the difference between a, a, repro, a repro and a real double telescoping lightsaber all of a sudden were getting mad that you couldn't buy one that wasn't authenticated even though they could authenticate it themselves and i i, I don't know I, I think it's it's i mean we've talked about it a lot on the show um but it it is uh, I do think there needs to be more civil discussion about it, you know a little bit less like passion because obviously it's just toys, but also it's just a different way of collecting um i mean sure. do, you, do you like do you do you go by your own personal preference or do you go by the numbers like I know some people will only collect you know eighty five or above or ninety or above or how how do you uh, react with
2: doesn't. yeah i mean i I had a chance at one point where there was a lady that actually, uh, the owner of Granger, which is like a manufacturing, you know, oh, yeah. huge.
0: Yeah, i heard of Granger. Company.
2: <laughs> yeah, her son was like 12 years old. And my same friend that I'm talking about owns a shop here in Colorado. Okay. And she went in there at the time and said that she wanted to get, you know, a, a really nice Star Wars collection. I and mean, he didn't have any. Right. So he called me up and he said, Hey, are you interested in, you know, I never sell anything out of my collection. Okay. So what I told him was, I said, I tell you what I said, I will go ahead and buy more collections more whatever right now over the next year. And anything I can buy, I'll get it graded. If it's higher then I'll just sell her my, you know, most everything I had was either 80 or higher. Okay. And so, and that's not really like me, caring about i don't really care with them i mean there's it, it doesn't matter to me if it's a straight 80 and you know obviously if it's a, a high 85 and 90 it looks beautiful but i can tell you right now you can walk through my basement uh-huh. and you can walk right down a wall that has you know 200 figures on it and you're not really gonna notice if i've got a straight 80 or a 90 right next to it it's not gonna right pull your attention because you know i I, I just like to make sure the figure looks visually nice. I mean, I'm, you know, if it gets below an 80, there's a reason, and it's going to usually be a visual reason.
0: Right. Huh.
2: And so, so that's where you know, so many there, there are, and it gives me a bad name. There <laughs> are many guys out there who collect ASA that you know, which obviously I have clients that I sell to. You, right. That only want to buy it if it's straight 85 or higher or unpunched, and so on and so forth. And so much film, you know, I I don't bash them. I mean, that's their, you know, way of collecting, and they want to collect, you know, in that genre. I just let them do that, and I collect my way.
0: Right, but I think uh, definitely when when I first saw your first thread, um, I mean, really, so it's all about display. That's what I really love about your collection, and that's the main reason I kind of felt ashamed of myself for not – Not talking to you at Celebration Six. I saw you. I mean, I was busy, and there's lots of. It wasn't like I was like, I'm not going to talk to Jeff. But I was like, oh, there's that Jeff guy, and I was like, and I just. But I mean, the way you display is just great. So how how did you first of all get that much space? How does your family allow you to do that? Um, How you know how much time do you spend uh, on in that area, and what's your what's your sort of goal with how you display things?
2: You know, I, I had an old collectible room at my old house, and so I had always said. You know, I'm not going to move out of this house unless I can build a house. Okay. And so I have the capability. To, if I can't do it, I can sub out whoever in the industry because I've just been in the building industry so long.
0: Okay. So Because you, you work – you, like, own a construction company or something like that or – Yeah.
2: Right before the market went down, I had an opportunity to buy a lot for where I live now. Uh, went in with a builder, and he built a quarter of it, and I took it over after the first quarter. So my basement was unfinished, so I moved in, my collection was all in boxes in my basement, and so it sat like that for about a year, and so I had a year to really think about how I was going to display this collection in this basement and what I was going to do, so I just kept drawing and drawing and drawing and drawing and (laughs) Even after you do that, you build
3: it.
0: You still make corrections after the fact because you get more pieces. You know, like you can't can't have a complete collection. You know, (laughs) yeah. You know, obviously you had more space than than I had. But one of my favorite things in my collection it's the back of an IKEA box and it was right after i bought like my uh my bookshelves and i'd actually written out which card back was going to go where on which bookshelf and i like drew in the little light sockets and everything and like uh, just just <laughs> the excitement of knowing you have any space at all you know i mean as much space right. as you have it'll take up but uh yeah no i i really like that and that's uh sort of a- along with the throw pillow one of my favorite things about your collection is <laughs> <It's>, uh <laughs> But but actually, to tell you the truth, my absolute favorite thing uh, of all your pictures, and I'll include a link of this, or at least the thing I feel most sympathetic towards uh, is this picture you have of your version of John Kellerman's book. And uh, the reason I love it is that it's just completely – every page is completely scribbled on with all these little notes uh, you know, like try AFA-80, Emperor Corner, AFA-85, Arphalus Nyan Nub, Emperor Corner, like – you have all this little little scrolling so so what is this what is all this scrolling about is this your sort of master list <laughs> it's,
2: it's what i had to do
0: when when i had
2: to move from my old house okay you can't look at your collection at that point right you don't want to buy stuff that you already have right And so I was like, you know, what is the best way? Because I'm I'm very limited on my time, so I'm like, you know, I'm going to utilize this book to the max. (laughs) If I can just take each one of these pictures I'm going to write down next to the picture, which ones I have, and, you know, if if it's a different grade. Because if I get a collection and I get it graded, I'll know, you know, well, wait a minute, you know what, I can upgrade mine for free right now and keep the nicer one. Even sometimes I don't even upgrade my own. Because right. I'll look at the two, and it might be an eighty-five, and mine's an eighty, but my eighty to me may look better than the eighty-five. So I don't really care about the number; I care about how it looks in my hand.
0: Right. So okay, so that was like your your little tool to make sure you didn't buy two things. But yeah, I, I, yeah, and
2: and and to know what I had, just to to know for sure what I had. If it was all boxed up, you know, I can just look in that book and say, okay. This yeah. is what I got. And it's like a visual guide without
0: every picture of it. Another thing that happened at Celebration 6, and I want to talk about this with you, but um, there was a seller, um, you know, Todd Chamberlain, who, who was brokering the rest of Kellerman's collection. So Kellerman sold off uh, what I thought was all of his uh, his carded figures back in 2006 maybe, 2005. He, did, he brokered it through Tom Derby back when he worked at Cloud City. And I remember that I was just so excited because I wanted to own one of the figures that was in this book, which, like, to me, I mean, obviously it's not the Bible, but definitely as far as like collecting books goes, no book has brought me more enjoyment, has made me think more, you know, has has taught me more about the hobby. I mean, to me, it's like, you know, really a nearly sacred book. But at the time, there were no Chewbaccas for sale that were featured in his book. They were all in his collection, but not from his book. Um, so when when he actually sold them uh, through there, I was finally able to get the, the the piece that I'd always really wanted. And I was like, oh, it's kind of expensive, and I don't know if I should buy it. And I don't. And then so I, I just I, I put the money down and and I bought it because I thought, ah, who knows? And then what happened uh, three hours later, Jeff? <laughs>
3: So
2: here here is the unique thing about uh when I was at Celebration Six uh-huh. uh I have my Facebook and Todd and I, you know, he's a friend of mine on there. Right. And he posted on Friday night, or I believe it was Thursday or Friday night, a very brief post that just said um like something like Kellerman Collection for sale or for viewing or something like that. Right. Well, God bless Todd. I love the guy. But if you see him at a show, his booth is always never big enough for what he brings.
0: No, it's it's my favorite booth for that reason because it's, yeah. you know, it's the reverse of clarity. Like you just – no matter where he goes, he picks out something that you want to buy, but it's like you don't know where it comes from. It's like magic or something.
2: Right. <laughs> so his booth is all you – know, I, I walked by his booth, not really wanting to bug him a few times, but just to see if I could see if he displayed the Kellerman collection – And so I'd walk by probably three times, uh, probably Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then I believe it was Friday night. I was just finishing up because I think I left on Saturday. So I said, you know what, I'm I'm just going to go ask Todd because I hadn't seen any of Kellerman's collection, just visual as I walked by. I'm just going to go ask him, you know, where is this? collection of, of color rims because I'd, I'd love to you know just as yourself i would love to own a few pieces right that he used to document the book because the book to me is that special right and so i i would go over to todd and i'm looking and he's got like three white comic boxes on top of his booth on top of some cases
3: yeah
2: <laughs> and i could see i could see like right between the boxes I could see a couple Carter figure corners, and I was like, wait a minute. Did I seriously <laughs> walk by this booth three or four times and not even look at that?
0: Yeah, the, so I, I, the craziest I, I, thing, he had hundreds of just beautiful <laughs> carded vintage figures. No one else on the whole floor had that much probably combined. I mean, even if you count, you know, Jordan's booth and all that, I'm like it was the most vintage on the whole floor, and it was just in these little comic boxes. It was awesome. <laughs>
2: So I I asked him, well, he had a paper that was in there that said Kellerman collection as well. Right. So I instantly became super excited. And so I looked in the, you know, he had two glass cases. But then on top of the glass cases, he had three long white comic book boxes. And so I said, Todd, can I, you know, look in your cases? And he said, yeah. And, and I said, well, what's in these comic book boxes? Oh, that's the rest of Kellerman's collection, he said. <laughs> So I instantly for myself, you know, I'm a, I'm ecstatic. I'm like, you know, at this point I was like, I, I know I'm going to have a few pieces out of the collection. Now that's out of that book for my collection. It was very, very special for me. So I started looking through and I was like, wow, I need that one. I need that one. I, I mean, I, I pulled probably 12 pieces right off the bat and I started to think to myself, you know, I asked him, I said, well, Nobody's really been interested or been buying, or, but the way he had them displayed, nobody could could have even known. Right. I mean, just like you said, he definitely had the most vintage figures in the whole show. Right. So, my I, I want to bring something to light in this hobby. You know, I want to document, and so I'm thinking in my head. I'm thinking, wow, if if I'm this excited. I want to be able to document this. Now, uh, keep in mind, the prices that he had on these were were pretty much graded prices, to be honest.
0: Yeah, no, I mean they, were, really they were
2: they were very high. And so, I said, Todd, can you do you know any kind of thing? And so he had to call John and see if he could do anything if I bought you know X amount, you know, and, and see if we could do some kind of deal. But the bigger thing that Todd and I talked about which nobody else he had said had talked to him about, and this was the most important to me. I said, I want to document these figures, and, and the only way I can do it is if I was to, let's just say, buy X many figures. Here's a perfect example to get something graded, and the reason why is I can get it graded. Then after I get it graded, Todd can link the AFA number, not the grade, Right. It, the grade is really extremely insignificant at this point. Right. Link the number to an authentic, you know, authentic piece of paper that Todd will say yes, I sold them to Jeff's Collect Lampire, blah blah blah, um, and then John had agreed that he would go ahead and sign each one of them for like a COA right. on each one. So to me, even if I broke even. I I need to get these in people's hands as many, I, you know, as many different collectors as I possibly can. Right. Just to spread out what he has done for the community, and they all could be able to share that same experience that you wanted to have that I right. had. Yeah. You know, and so I was like, Todd, i got to do this. And so we just came up with the plan, and that was exactly what he said that he would agree to do, and we could do the COAs and and I even went a little bit further I said well here's what I want to do every one of his figures were in a backer card that you would put like a comic in right and all of his notes that he had you know written on the comic's backside you know in the figures in the front i said well just the coa i'm going to get like a hard sleeve to put the coa in but on the back side of that i'm going to slip in this comic back
0: oh that's great <laughs>
2: So you can also see all of Kellerman's personal notes right. linking it right to the book. And, you know, it's just a really great piece of history. You know, and it, it almost makes them not so much a carded figure now. It's just a piece of history that I want to be able to, you know, hold on to for a long time and get out there. And so that way it'll last a long time.
0: Yeah, that's – that's. I mean it's it's funny. I'm going to tell you the the truth. You know, so I, I wound up buying – there's this one figure that I've wanted – I actually contacted John back when he first sold his figures in 2006 wherever it was. And on page 3 there's a, a Chewbacca with a Boba Fett offer and it's got it's what he uses to describe, you know, like how he illustrates a front card back figure like he sort of labels each part. And I just I it's really hard to find the 20 back C, you know, without the sticker over the Boba Fett on the back and it just looks so so it was like such good condition, I've always wanted this figure, and that was one that was for sale. And I was like, it was too expensive. I just didn't want to get it. And then I I, I got it, and you know, right afterwards, I was like, oh hey, I got it before it went to the Empire. Sorry, Jeff, but you know, I was like, <laughs> oh good, I saved it from the Empire. That's how I thought of it at the time. I didn't understand that you were, uh, you know, the the benevolence of your intentions. Um, but then the, then when I heard what you were doing, my first instinct was like, oh man, that's so dumb, you know. It's just a book, and why is he doing that? And then, and then within a week, I emailed Todd, and I'm like, "Hey, Todd, could could you do that for me too?" <laughs> so <laughs> I, I I went from uh, you know to show you what a hypocrite I can be. You know, I went from like oh, that Jeff, what's he doing to, to basically uh, copying your idea. So I'm I'm looking forward to uh, getting. I don't know if I, if I'll get quite get the card the or too. I didn't have that idea, but definitely get it authenticated as being you know the actual thing from the actual book. Um, so, I, I just I think that's great. And I I think it's it is good that you're you're that is a good usage of AFA. The same thing with the the Lucasfilm archive from Celebration 4 was? Yes. It? Yeah. Yes. It's yes. the same kind of idea. I mean, I I bought my Emperor from there and uh Emperor trilogo and I'm never going to sell it, but and so I right. know I know what it is, but still there, there's something uh I kind of wish I spent the extra whatever 70 bucks or whatever it would have cost to To have it say it came from Lucasfilm, but to be honest, it's much cooler for me to come from Kellerman. It's coming from Lucasfilm. Right,
2: right. No, I I couldn't agree more because, you know, with Kellerman owning it, you know, it's it's historic to me. With with Lucas, when he was selling all that stuff off, it realistically had no significance other than you know somebody within Lucasfilm probably was just receiving boxes of toys maybe to just see what they're going to look like they just throw them in the back room there's no significance there's no connection to the collectible world and so with these figures to me i was like these figures have every bit of history possible to them yeah you know from start to finish and i want to make sure that it's documented so that it stays it carries on for a long time you know
0: yeah it's, it's cool i think too that like you know, there's like different generations of collecting, and, and I think a lot of the. I've actually talked a lot about this with a lot of the sort of the, you know, super old timey guys, you know, like Ron and Chris and stuff, and Gus, that they sort of, their taste in a lot of ways kind of set the market, you know, uh, for like what's valuable and what's not in vintage collecting. And at the same time, you know, they, they did a lot of work and a lot of research, and like, so when Kellerman came out for them, it was kind of like, you know, a good book, but not necessarily the, the, the revelation in the way that it was put forward. But at least for me, you know, uh, I've been collecting Chewbacca for a long time, but not so much vintage and sort of that in addition to the archive itself was sort of the way that I came to understand, you know, what all this stuff was and it was the first time I really had a had a real comprehension of uh, how much you could spend how much time you could spend thinking about this stuff and classifying it. So I don't. Know, I think. I think there may be a sort of a Kellerman generation of collectors, and uh, and I think your your idea to have them graded will will serve them well.
2: Yep. it kind it, of fun too, because I always, you know, clean up my figures really nice, and I take all their stickers off and get them all real nice before I send them in. And so this was the first time I got told odd. I said, I said you can just drop them all off right too, because he right. he lives by there now. I said just drop them off to AFA. They need to get graded just as they are. I said stickers and everything, so it documents directly to the book.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. You don't want to have it be off at all. Like, yeah, because one that I had before that wasn't the exact one from the book, I was so mad because it didn't have – it had just this one little wrinkle that it didn't have in the book. I'm like, ah, it's not the same one. But uh, I I guess I wouldn't be a very good interviewer if I didn't allow you to to plug your – your new site right so you're you're moving sort of into the world of becoming a, a dealer or a, like an online dealer or what is uh, jeff Co- jeff's Empire dot com
2: uh jeffs collectible empire dot com is something I should have done you know i I had started that business back in two thousand and nine right wife 's twin sister uh was out of work, and she's absolutely amazing with uh customer service relations, she's absolutely amazing with numbers and, and taking care of business and I just told her, I said, you know what? I said, if you want and she has a she she had she had just gone through a divorce and she had a dog and she did not want she didn't want to be away from her dog. So I said, I'll tell you what, I said, we can start up a company. You can, you know, I'll just be the, the money and brains of it even though I don't really make much money in the end out of it. Right. But I said, you know, we can do this and you can pull a paycheck off of it. And this way you can work at your leisure, you know, get through your divorce, you know, and if it works out well and takes off eventually, then, you know, so be it. I mean, I would love to be able to sell collectibles.
0: Although, I mean, have you talked to other people who have sort of made this transition from, like, collector to collector-seller? I mean, I know some – I've heard some people say they kind of wish they never did it because it, it sort of changes the way you view your collecting, the way you view collections.
2: Um, I think guys that rely on it for their income right. and rely on it for their livelihood that are collectors that have done that definitely changes them.
0: Yeah, that changes it, Yeah. So that, that's you know, good. when there they when they handy. know they
2: got to make that money to, to support their family. So, thankfully, I still give one hundred percent to my construction business.
0: Right. So, anyways, every uh, every interview we have, what we call the Soviet lightning round. Are you ready for the Soviet lightning round? Let's go. All right. The first question: If your house was on fire, God forbid, what one item do you grab? Not. I'm, uh, I'm saying throw pillow, if you still have it. Now, you can have a different yeah, answer. But <laughs> it would
2: never be anything that I would probably grab, believe it or not, I would grab my toys that I had as a kid that I still have, okay. which unfortunately none of them are Star Wars.
0: Oh, okay. And then uh, do, you, uh, do you have a Holy Grail? Do you have one thing that you're looking for right now more than anything else?
2: Yes, uh, which I've been looking for for years. Okay, <laughs> uh, Jawa definitely has a huge place in my heart. So uh, I've been looking for that Empire Toltoys vinyl tape Jawa forever.
3: Wow, yeah, you know on see. the
2: card. So yeah. and I may not ever own it because if it comes up for sale and it, you know, it's just like my double telescoping figures. I wouldn't probably have ever purchased those, but I traded my GI Joe collection for them.
0: Oh, really? Wow, that's, yeah. a good, that's a good
2: trade, man. <laughs> yep, so I had 187. I had the whole entire G.I. Joe collection carded, but I got nervous about that because it all connected with rubber bands. Right. And I run a dehumidifier in my basement 24 hours a day. And so what does that do? That drives out the rubber bands. So in oh. turn, I thought, man, if I start having figures, and I did start seeing figures that were graded falling apart in bubbles oh, man. on the card. And so I was like, I can't take this. I can't take no in my collection, you know. It, it, just uh, the time that I spent collecting it would just, it, oh, it would kill me. Now, I do still have a loose collection of them, and that makes me happy. If the rubber band breaks, I can replace it. <laughs> right, yeah. Oh,
0: huh. well, that's. So, uh... yeah,
2: I mean, it's just, you know, it's one of those things that if it comes up for sale and it's 20 grand, I'm not, uh, you know, if it comes up for sale and it's not graded and it's an open auction or something, Sure, I'm gonna do what I can to try to get in there.
0: You know, right. So, but is is Java almost? Because I saw that you bought a couple items uh, at Celebration Six on some thread. So is that kind of becoming? I mean, a focus, or do you, are you against the idea of having a focus? I, I wanted to ask you this earlier, but uh...
2: yeah, I just have a. It's just I can't stop myself sometimes, when, when it comes to Java items, okay, especially on things that I, I just rarely see. And I mean, there was a couple of proofs there, and I was like, "Oh God, you know." I mean, I was like, even if I don't have a focus on it, I just there's some pieces that I just I, you know, I have one. The same miscellaneous case I threw myself in as a kid, I just throw things in there that I like. You know, right. I, I don't have to have a complete thing of it, but you know, I absolutely love different jaw items. So it's just you know, I, you think about a focus, and there's just like it's never ending. Oh, I know. On that. <laughs> and, and then you get into the whole foreign thing. I don't know anything about foreign carded stuff. And so I was talking to Jason West and, he, and I was like, so kind of fill me in on this and this and this. But I was love to become a, a focus collector on this.
3: Right. And he's
2: like explaining a few things. And I was like, ah, I think I'll just stay with what I'm going to stay with. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. I, I look at, I look at the Empire 12 toys Jawa as a Kenner variation. That's how I look at it because I see. if it was, Sitting right next to my Kenner one, you know, if it's sitting right next to an Empire card, there's really no difference. You, you can't see a visual difference.
0: Right, I see what you're saying.
2: And uh. so, to me, for my collection, that is included. The uh, four alarms included, and then the Nine Num Return of the Jedi offers, which is I think seventeen or nineteen of them. Huh. All of those are the only other things that are you know directly not Kenner, but they look exactly like Kenner that I you know expect to. One, you know, 10 years from now, I don't...
0: Right, so you sort of have, like, an America focus. You could sort of say, right? Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> and, um, an American carded because you don't go too much into pre-production or to bootlegs or anything like that, so... Right. American production focus. Yeah, it's a patriotic focus, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and then this is a, a, a new question, but, you know, this... Every month we have a different figure who's featured, and this month it's Power Droid. Uh, do you have any feelings about the Power Droid?
2: Uh, I think you know it, it is definitely when I started collecting every card back of the Power Droid. Uh-huh. I never had much thought that there were Power Droids that were difficult to get ever. You know, I'd always felt like Power Droid. I've I've got on so many different cards, but when you really focus on trying to get each Power Droid on each card you find out just how difficult it is to find a couple of them.
0: Huh. What's an example of one of the harder ones? Uh, Empire uh, Offerless huh. is, you know, not an easy piece to find. Huh, that's, I, I never would have known that.
2: <laughs> yes. So, I mean, it's, you know, and I mean, it's just one of those figures where, I you know, I, until you collect every card front, you know, you think to yourself, oh, there's not that many difficult pieces. Right and then you collect every card front, and you 're like, "What in the world I, you know and then trying to just document to make sure that you are collecting what actually was made right it's re- you know is ridiculous
0: yeah it 's funny actually speaking of Jason West um, a couple i don 't know five or six years ago, I started a series of threads that he continued that was about like the relative rarity of each card front, and uh, I mainly did that because i just didn 't know any of this information because I knew that for Chewbacca, for example, you know. Forty-one backs, uh, you know the the offer don't show up that often. Forty-eight backs with the sticker don't show up that often, you know. And like, I thought, well, people should know that because if if you're paying attention and you're trying to get these things, you should know that twenty-one backs show up more often. At least then they did, you know, than forty-one backs, whatever it was. Um, so I think right. that's uh, that's. Yeah, maybe we should go in. Uh, you should go in and just kind of bump up all those threads with all of your uh, all of your experience, because it it, it would uh, it's in. I just I love that stuff. I I find it really interesting when certain items just happen to be rare and and you wouldn't know unless you were looking for it. Yeah, I mean,
2: until I until I started looking, I mean, because realistically, to find every figure carded and every figure on a Star Wars card of any sort, uh, Empire card of any sort, and a Jedi figure you know, the same character right. really isn't that difficult, Right. you know, when, when it comes to American. And right. so after you pass that is when, you know, you start to really go, wow, you know, because so many people put together the opera list set, and there are some of those that are definitely, you know, very difficult. So those were the first ones that I knew right off the bat, you know, wow, those are a lot more <laughs> fine. So, but yeah, I mean, because I didn't care when I first collected if it had an offer or if it didn't. I just wanted a nice, nice looking Han Solo on an Empire card, a nice looking Han Solo on a Jedi, and then if it had the alt, you know, alternate photo, I like, I'll collect, you know, just one of the alternate photos. So, right,
0: yeah, everyone's just like I originally was just going to do one of each movie of Chewbacca, and then I wound up here. Uh, All right, then we'll, we'll finally get back to the last lightning round question, which is the great philosophical question, which is very hard to answer. If you were a vintage Star Wars collectible, not what you want to be, but if you actually were a vintage Star Wars collectible, which one would you be? Uh probably the Adat Walker. Really? Okay. Why is that?
2: Uh, it's just one of my most favorite pieces ever for to to play with as a kid or I think it was probably one of the most played with items as a kid, you know. If, right. If anybody had it. I mean if, if you went over to your friend's house and they had a adat walker, I mean if they had Adat Walker or anything else, I mean, a lot of times you go to ad-at Walker. It's just one of those unique, you know, just it's, it's a unique item that you know somebody had to come up with from scratch that looks amazing. It looks real,
0: right? Yeah, I think uh, I think this has succeeded in, in what uh, I was hoping this would do, which is sort to get to kind of get to kind of know you and hopefully maybe. Uh, I don't know. Break down the sort of weird barrier uh, that exists, just mainly, it seems, through AFA, and because uh, I think, in the end, I think we have a lot more similarities than differences. So,
2: sure. That's... I mean, we still all enjoy. You know, I, I, I've put that in so many threads. I'm like, come on, guys. We all still enjoy the same thing. If you walk, you know, if I walk into a basement or a house or a room, a closet, you know, a flea market, right. and I see any type of you know, been Star Wars stuff. No matter how it looks, it's exciting to see.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. Well, th- thank you so much for uh, for taking the time to talk. And uh, when when you finish your run of, was it 707? How many is it you need, to, you need to finish?
2: Between 650 to 700, which is probably, you know, Sky, that won't be for another probably eight years or five right. to eight well, years. <laughs> we'll be
0: well, we still recording the show. So when you finish that, uh, and, and even before then, you'll come back on and uh, tell us how it's going
2: yeah when i when i update my picture thread on there which hasn't been for a long time i'll I'll let you know
0: (laughs) all right awesome thanks thanks a lot josh all right thank you hi this is chris
3: jorghulius
4: if you're like me you think the market watch is too long so feel free to fast forward to the end of the segment at
0: two hours and six minutes i'll see you there one dollar flicks market watch Well, Steve, I think some collectors did not go to Celebration 6.
1: Yeah, you'd <laughs> think that based on some of the stuff that, that's uh, sold recently. It's People pretty insane. Been
0: dropping some coin.
1: Yeah, major. Wow. Uh, so I guess I mean, we might as well start with... This is something we were originally going to put in the news, but uh, it just... It just fits in the market watch as a good lead-off. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, earlier, I guess it was at the end of September, um, there was a sale of three Empire Strikes Back special offer three-packs, uh, all of which are incredibly rare in their own right. Um, but this three, this set of three sold for $28,600. Yeah. And, uh, and there were origin stories, also really crazy. I guess there was an estate sale up in the, the Bay Area, and this was just one auction uh i guess the guy bought the star wars collection from the sale and he has just a ton of stuff uh, but this is definitely the the headliner as far as stuff that's that's sold publicly from that and um i know there's been a lot of discussion about how some of these uh, even on their own could fetch up to 20 grand i think it was the bespin alliance set so if we'll go yeah. through each more so you have the bespin alliance and you have and, that, and that's i guess the rarest of the three uh, from what i understand that and those have sold for twenty k on their own. then you have the imperial forces, which has the snow trooper ig d eight and bosk um, and then the last one was the uh, the Hoth uh, rebel set, which has han Hoth rebel soldier and f x seven so i mean it's just it's crazy to see a group auction of things like this. I think that's right. one thing that's really blown everyone away, and then just the story of a of a find of insanely rare star wars toys at an right. estate sale it's just it's stuff that's very mythical um so it's, yeah. it's just crazy to see it happen here right now it's it's
0: nuts yeah no and actually uh, uh jeff who i interviewed and we're going to talk to later yeah uh, he has a lot of input on this kind of stuff oh, good. Okay. and uh you know he in in the thread where i talked about it, he explained that you know they you could definitely double your money if you spent 28 grand on yes. those two figures and yeah. i just got the weirdest thing was that in that thread there's a lot mm-hmm. of people saying like it's so stupid why would anyone spend that kind of money on toys right right I just what the, what's going on steve why are you even know. saying that i mean
1: i don't know it's it's
0: i, I almost posted something it was just who who's who comes to the i mean anyways i just seemed like a really funny and strange thing to ask
1: yeah well i'm on a toy forum yeah, Where, and, and then someone
0: started talking about you know the Fed and started getting all political and it's it's know. yeah it's, it was it's a really a crazy bu- story. It was a <laughs> bummer of a thread because I just I can't send any political talk on those things. But yeah, yeah.
1: Anyways, uh, let's stick. To anyways, some, let's see if some crazy <laughs> some crazy toys yet to be talked about here. Um, right. So up next, uh, this is from Pete. This is Pete's segment. He has some great uh, You mean uh, fantastic, Pete? Fratastic. Fratastic. fratastic.
0: Because, yeah, you sorry. know, Steve, we, we had bet. to figure out what to call him. Yeah. And I, I probably, <laughs> to be honest, have not changed the opening theme. I will change the opening theme soon. I'm going to include uh, fantastic okay. Pete and Brisbane Brisbane Mike. Okay. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, so it took a long time to get Fratastic's nickname. But that was his nickname in his frat was Fratastic.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so. I gotta get I gotta get used to calling him not by his real name. <laughs> yes, <of course. laughs> that's what I've been doing for months. Um, so uh, what we have here is a uh, a glass leet or glass light uh, droids flicks uh, on card, which sold for nine thousand one hundred dollars uh, from a seller we've
0: talked about on on the show before. Right. Um, Who people have told us that because we warned people of dealing with Sean 9S that you should not purchase things from him. Right. Um although well, I guess somebody uh, ignored our advice and Yeah. Uh, an AFA,
1: that's weird. AFA fifty archival. What does that mean exactly?
0: Well archival means it's like, in the really nice box. Right. You, know, you, you could put AFA it in sunlight for ten years and it would never fade. I don't know. I um, yeah, I, mm, I wouldn't test that theory. No, I I wouldn't either. <laughs> or um, hold me accountable. Um Yeah. It just uh, just crazy. I
1: mean, I and then that's the, the scary thing is it's not the only <laughs> Vlix high high dollar auction we have. Yeah,
3: that's uh, amazing. up
1: next is a first shot Vlix, um, and this one sold for five grand. And uh, let's see, let me pull it up real quick.
0: Um, well, that's kind of like a tricky thing, right? Because any Kenner Vlix is a first shot, right? Uh, you see, I, I
1: need to get the the root true. Story on that because I I mean I've I'll, I'll be honest I've never been interested in buying a Um uh, oh. but I think you're on to something with that. But uh. wow, Steve, that's that's bad.
0: Well, you know what? We haven't given an audience <laughs> yeah, I, I a chance to think we're complete idiots in a <laughs> well, little let's, while.
1: I, I, I just opened the door for everybody right there. Yeah. So.
0: <laughs> so so why don't you uh, send us an email, kivecast at gmail dot com, and confirm what we just said that any
1: produced Kenner version, which is yeah, right here, any it,
0: Kenner version of a Vlix is is. <laughs> or a prototype. You know, I, I could just see Cristobal just—he's just, he's just <laughs> grinding oh, his teeth into his iPod,
1: seething right now. <laughs> How because can it's you also guys not
0: know scary, that
1: during <laughs> the market watch too, it just makes it even worse. Oh,
0: that's true. He's already skipped. So, uh, so there hey, maybe we are safe. We're safe. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. So uh up next we got another uh, another crazy one. It's a, a prototype rocket firing FET, an L-slot AFA90 uh, sold through uh CIB um for 20 grand on the spot.
0: Wow.
1: This is just uh I me. Mean, they're there. It's it's just uh man. It just seems like the timing of some of these things is is too good to be true, but uh,
0: yeah. uh amazing. So that's uh, I mean that's a pretty good thing to know, you know, that a uh, a rocket firing FET is selling for twenty grand.
1: Twenty grand. I mean, it's
0: ugh, oh, it's scary. I'm just glad that I I would never
1: have to worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Let's see. What else have we got next? Here is it's another three pack, uh, an Empire three pack. Um, this is the villains set. It's got some of the Cantina guys. It's got. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. We talked about this one before. It's got Sam, people, Boba Fett, and Snaggletooth. And this oh one's yeah, I
0: love that. that 6, pairing. 6600.
1: It's a good. It's a good pairing, and it was uh, AFA 85 uh, for six 6600. dollars huh. uh, So yeah, I mean, it seems like there's always a constant supply of of these three packs, especially uh, yeah, yeah people recently. are really yeah. good at finding these, and they're definitely out there. Um, man, I just, oh, they're, they're beautiful, but man, I would never be able to, to jump into that.
0: Um, someday I'm going to get my, my Android. Set. You, you, yeah,
1: if any, please, if one of us, you got to at least do that and get that ground covered. But, uh, <laughs> and this is, this is another favorite thing that, uh, that, uh, fratastic does. He has a crazy, like stupid, crazy auction of the month. Okay. Um, and, uh, this one was an AF80 ESB, uh, um, that sold for nine hundred and thirty-two dollars. Weird. Yeah, and I, I, it's just, I mean, it's you know maybe a, a two hundred dollar figure as is, as is, uh, Pete notes, and I yeah, it seems about right. But yeah, to see a, a figure like that sell for nine hundred bucks, it's just uh,
0: well, maybe you know it is the debut card, and the, yeah, the, the thirty-one yeah. backs can be harder to find because all, they jumped great. so quickly with uh, into the next. The yeah. Card oh, back. hey, it's sold by our interviewee. It's sold by Jeff. Wow. Well, wow. That's a good... So too bad I didn't interview him tomorrow as opposed to today because I'd like to know why that. Why that's so yeah, for yeah. much. Wow. But that's I, amazing. I think that's probably it.
1: Yeah. I guess that, that does make sense in that, in that regard.
0: And I also yeah. could have asked him for why he says no shipping to Russia of any kind. Hmm. Uh, that's... Interesting note. Yeah. But...
1: All right. So that that rounds out part one of the Market Watch. So thanks... Fantastic.
0: These are all awesome choices. Yeah, and um, now we can get back to Power Droid. And actually, I want to say one thing too, Steve. You know what we're yeah. going to do soon? What's that? We're going to interview David Carr about Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, good. Um, we're going to re- retroactively <laughs> – Yes, we're going to get Obi-Wan. back to Obi-Wan for good. two reasons. One, because obi Wan's a great character. And the yeah. other one is I was just going through all my emails and I realized like he said that he'd be willing to talk about Obi-Wan. And just – I don't know why. It's not like I ignore people. I, I just – I'm just not a very good communicator. So I feel bad. You know, he's a faithful listener and, you know, good collector and all that. So at some point, David, if you're listening, let, let's, let's do an interview because we got to get back and, and write the wrong with Obi-Wan. Um, the spirit of, of Obi-Wan. <laughs> yeah. The, the spirit of, exactly. That, that spirit of Obi-Wan uh kind of cast. Yeah. But, uh, but now let's, let's talk a little bit about what, what is it like if you wanted to collect, you know, we just talked to, to Bob and Bob, a little bit of a different experience collecting Power Toys. I don't think yes. it'd be that easier that easy these days. No, I don't um, think so. But uh, fortunately, on the amazing Market Watch, uh, once again, it's kivecastmarketwatch.wordpress.com. Mm-hmm. Um I actually, <laughs> Steve. Yeah. I saw something on there, and I was like, "Damn it! I wanted that." <laughs> like, there's <laughs> really? this great yeah Clipper offer Chewbacca.
3: Oh, oh was for, it, yeah, yeah. Sold yeah, for really
0: it cheap, and you know, i I thought I had Chewbacca clipper on my saved searches, but I don't know how I didn't oh. get it or whatever it was. Like I was out or whatever I was, and it was really funny because I just bought the the this clipper that I needed for my run from uh, the Kellerman collection. I talk about that with. Oh, Jeff that was as well. that was the one you got at at the convention. Right? Yeah, at the convention. <laughs> okay, I'm like right. – there I go. I got the clipper. I'm all set. And then right here, <laughs> boom, uh, eBay link to a uh, to a Chewbacca clipper that sold for uh, $103. And wow. I would spend easily four times that for this figure. Oh, man. Because it's a 48-back offer. So if, if you're listening and you're the one who bought that, hit me up. Rob me blind. <laughs> I don't care. I love that. That clipper <laughs> offer on the on the Nien Nub uh, thing. So it's funny that you know, being the one of the hosts of the Kivecast, I was looking through <laughs> a site that's you know sort of spinoff of our show, and it's like, hey, w- hey, wait a minute, no, uh,
3: <laughs> but Ugh.
0: you should go and be be up on what's happening. Kivecast dot wordpress dot com, yeah, and uh, there he talks to us about. Uh, so so tell me, Steve, what's it like if right. you want to to buy? Uh, if you want to kind of get started with, uh, with the uh, good old, the good uh, old spare power
3: battery. Droid.
1: Um, all right. So we, he goes into all, all cards. So we'll start with star Wars. Uh, there's a 20 G here. That was an AFA 75 that sold for 251. Um, it's got the, the offer on there. And the, the good thing is like, they didn't completely obscure the power droid with the fed offer as, as with most of the characters on that card back. So right. it's a little easier to live with. Um, See, uh, we got a 20D that was not graded uh, for 136. Um, so, I mean, that's a good little jump down. Um, and then we got, what, what's up next? Uh, a 20E, it's also not graded. Uh, he, he puts like a C6, which seems about right. It's got some some good creasing on there, but hey, he's on card. You can get it for $61. Um, wow, With $61 for a Star Wars card? Yep, $61. For a Star Wars card, um, you know, I think the figure itself is all right and the bubble looks okay, but yeah, the, the card's a little scruffed up, right? But, um, let's see what else we got. Uh, up next, a 21A offerless, AFA 85, all the way up to 405 bucks. That's a nice offerless card, but man, oof, wait, so to... then
0: it so then it was for AFA 75, it was 300, and then
1: yep,
3: huh,
1: Yep, and then, it, uh, yeah. For the eighty-five, it was four hundred five, um, and then you got another twenty-one uh, A, and this one was not graded. It was one hundred and thirty-nine, cool. and I mean, so you see a good,
0: just the usual kind of disparity uh, with these things. Yeah, no, that that seems to me that that's the kind of thing you could easily grade and flip. If that's not, if that's not a repro, I can't. You know, it's far away, but yeah,
1: it's not a real close-up picture of it, but. Uh, yeah, I mean if it was all checked out, yeah, you could see that that happening. Um, see, so we got a 21B offer list for 680 and that was an AFA 85. So that's just
0: it just bumped up quite a bit. Yeah, well I think you know again from talking to Jeff and you'll you'll hear the interview soon. Uh definitely there's a lot of people out there who collect the offer list, and that's the first mm-hmm. thing they go for and they want offer list 85. 85s, 85s. You know, Okay. Debut that's, that's card, the- that's kind of the prime ticket the 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 essential version of a rookie card even okay. if it's not a rookie card but right
1: um let's see i see uh, another 21 back b offer list this was in 75 and it goes all the way back down to 300 bucks so yeah he, least... how,
0: how many power droids are for sale yeah, yeah, we're, we're not even in empire yet? Off. it's like man there
1: were a lot of power droid sales this month um we'll we'll, we'll get into empire now um so we got the twenty-one back secret figure offer for fifty-three. Um,
0: that's yeah. You know, oh, back. That, see, in, I wish I'd shape. seen that because I'm. I, I'm missing that one.
1: Another twenty-one back. This is the Star Wars card secret figure offer for one hundred and twenty-seven fifty. It's a better example of the card, but uh, this is actually has the, the, the sticker
0: version of it. Right, and that's um, way more rare. And I was talking about that again with Jeff, and yeah, it's insane that people pay more money. I mean really there should be a really high premium on the secret Star Wars action figure with offers the sticker. yeah mm-hmm. the sticker like that the right. Star Wars with that sticker that should be the premium that yeah, everyone you know, should should go for cuz they're so rare and they're, right. they're nice looking but yeah. man that's crazy
1: um yeah you know thinking about it i think i might have had that figure not this exact one but this this combination a few years ago huh. yeah, that's crazy um. All right. So we got another Empire forty-seven back with a four-lam offer for fifty-one.
0: Um, nah, now we're getting so, to some power droid prices. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Got an offer for seventy-seven back. Return of the Jedi for eighty-nine ninety-nine. So we're. I mean, it's. Hey, Offerless Jedi card if you need one. There it is. Right. Um, under a hundred bucks.
0: And this actually proves uh, uh, one of Jeff's things we were talking about. That uh-huh. I asked him about the power droid and he said that if they're – it's really hard to find Offerless Empire power droids and uh-huh. here we are. There's there's yeah. none. There's all these Star Wars power droids but yeah. very few Empire and no Offerless. Oh, weird. Weird. <laughs> But you know, at least the the loose graded figures don't go for too much, right, Steve? <laughs> oh boy, uh, loose graded U ninety
1: went for three hundred and twenty. On that note, um, wow. <laughs>
0: yeah, man. That's ugh. that's funny, and ugh. it's you. Ah, it's you. That's yeah, yeah. That's tough. Yeah. That is and he's, t- I mean, especially not being able to go click with a loose with a loose power droid. That that's maddening just to yeah. think about
1: that
0: yeah just to and, that, and the way they have it in the case they have yeah. it so that you can't click it back and you forth you can't yeah it's <laughs> at an angle which first of all that's got to kind of mess up the interior joints a little bit having it stayed that way but but you could take it and you could shake it back and forth and it would never click it would never click it would, oh, n- it would just...
1: never gonk
0: <laughs> I sound like Buffalo Bill right there
1: <laughs> that, that, was, that was a little
0: <laughs> never gonk in the basket <laughs> oh uh, my god all right <laughs> you can tell us market watch time kids yep 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 <laughs> we're getting down down to the wire the jenny cream uh. ale is long gone my glass of water <laughs> is empty It uh, <laughs> just be lucky uh. i'm not eating
1: goldfish mm, that's true um all right so we <laughs> we got uh, a power of the voice mail-in coin it's the star wars droids coin, which i never actually really like looked at this thing closely it's like they, they didn't quite finish out the detail on the sand crawler in the back. Yeah, so when I first right. When I first opened it, I'm like, what are those? That's <laughs> I a good thought point. Were, yeah, like, what are those little are those things? <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Like, candy corn or, like, Christmas lights or I, I don't know what. I'm like, what is that? I'm like, oh, those are treads from the, the, <laughs> the sand crawler in the background. It's got Powerjoy and an R5-D4 prominently displayed. And that, that mail-in coin sold for 384 which, uh mm-hmm. Wow.
3: Yeah, well, those,
1: it's getting back into the the coin talk, uh, I
0: guess that yeah, I don't let's, know. Let's talk about it a little bit more too, because first of all, yeah. I think it's pretty safe to say that Jeff Carell and Matthias, Jeff Carell and, and Matthias, could have designed a much better droid. Yeah,
1: coin. look at look, it. It seems like they didn't quite finish the sketch, and then they just they just sent it in, and it went to. To press,
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and actually, I was thinking, Steve, uh, we should yeah. do another uh, unpaid advertisement for oh. Coining a Galaxy. Absolutely. Um, because this book, I'm just I've, I keep it. Like I said, I was going to. It's in my in my collection of uh, of Star Wars related books, and it's just awesome. It's like the yeah. perfect size. It's like the same size as a card back, and uh, it's easy to read, and it's nice yeah. and classified. So let's take uh, let's let's read the description of the coin from Coining a Galaxy by James Gallo and Mark Salati, and uh, hopefully with this free advertisement, James will forgive me for not knowing anything about Vlicks. So according to uh, Mark and James here, it is a Class C coin, uh, which I guess means it's not the rarest and nor is it the most common. And uh, they in their price guide, it should be approximately. A $75 to $100 coin. Wow. So someone spent more than that. Although, you know, it's one of those things, I think, with all of these coins that if you just find someone who's, who's crazy and really wants to find it, uh, they'll, they'll pay a lot more. Yeah. Um, but, you yeah, know, it's called uncommon. That's what C is called. Uh, it's uncommon. And I'll just read the text on the back just because I like it. <clears throat> okay. Galactic robots with advanced high-tech features. Programmed for a variety of specialized technical operations. I mean, there's <laughs> nothing in that, Steve, that says anything about what they do.
1: Hey, you know, I, I think you could really um, make up your own special operations with with whatever you
0: want. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Even just seeing that weird tread in the background, like I could imagine yeah. being a kid and being like, "Is that a different droid? Yeah. Yeah. Is that the <laughs> is that the sea droid? I don't know." <laughs> Uh, and then he ends it all up, Steve, with the Star Tot, which goes for 35 bucks.
1: Yep, good old Bob Star Tot on the open
0: market. There yep. he is. N- n- not, not even the Star Tot he wanted. <laughs> That's so... No, but... Oh, man. That's so sad. Promise me, Steve, that when they get up to the B-Wing pilot, that'll be your first choice. Oh, yeah. Come okay, on. Okay, good. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> well, uh, you know, I really wanted Lando, but, you know, let's... <laughs>
1: Oh, that that really is one of the best star Tots. Like there's no way you can argue that. That's yeah. that's that's awesome. Yeah. So.
0: That's awesome. Cool. Well let's uh us say we get to the feedback. Here at the Kivecast, we really do care. You can email us at Kivecast at gmail dot com. You can call us at our special Wampa line. That's P O K U T Wampa or 17658892672. Twitter us at Kivecast or join us up on our Facebook page. We really do care. Whew, Steve, time is just rolling by, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been good. We have kind of like a double feedback. Um, yeah, because the last time You know, on episode 32, we didn't have feedback from 31. And on 31, we didn't talk about what people said about 30. So I guess it should be a triple feedback. (laughs) 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 But uh, let's see. First of all, people were happy that I was able to get the August show out. Yeah, I was like, oh, whoa, there it is. I got to be honest, Steve. It's just vanity. It's just (laughs) every time I see the number of episodes we've done go up a number, I feel like a little sense of triumph. And so, even though it would have been a lot easier for me just to do one episode, I was like, "Oh man, it'd just be Time cool." to pad the
1: stats. Pad the yeah, I kind of
0: pad the stats, and <laughs> uh, yeah. But also,
1: it, it made it less of a, a stressful workload for.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're
1: yeah. coming up with another show so soon. I, I have to right. admit that that
0: did help. <laughs> and I, I knew that you were starting your semester, and that was a lot. And I was starting the semester, and that yeah. was a lot. So I was like, yeah. I don't want to miss a month. And right. so the only real problem was that. Episode 32 was not our best, but there's some good stuff in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, It's the only place where we really talk about the party and and all that stuff. Right. Right. Um, Let's see. Ron Salvatore mentioned uh, that Turkish (laughs) Star Wars is actually called the man who saved the world. (laughs) Um, And uh, it's actually true. It includes the word Adam in it, which means man. Uh, Okay. You see that on the Uze. Although, actually, it's not pronounced Uze. It's pronounced Uzai. Right. See, that was another little bit that uh... that's another little bit that we learned uh, from Meta. So uh, that's the uh, so basically what happened was on episode thirty one we talked about the Turkish movie and then we talked to Joe Y, and Meta, who's actually from Turk uh, from Turkey, uh, clarified a couple things that Joe said. Uh, do you want to read that uh, there, Steve? Yeah, sure. So to clarify Joe
1: Y's interview, both. Uzai and is that right? Yep, Uzzai, yep. Uzzai and production figures, most likely Tri-Logo imports from Europe, as I had many of these in my childhood collection as well, were available in Turkey in the late 80s. Uzay, that's going to be really tough for me,
3: yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, were, were typically found at small bodegas and grocery stores, while production figures were found in big toy stores and malls. The price ratio for Uzai to Canada was approximately 1 to 3, although I don't recall the exact prices. Um, also from conversations with many people who grew up in Turkey, Turkey uh Uzay figures are not are generally not coveted as collectibles. And that's that's pretty interesting. Right. Uh, once a tur- Turk discovers how valuable they are, I've seen many or I've seen them invariably uh, invariably sell them. In fact, almost all the posts on this page are essentially I wouldn't pay one cent for these and or I had these, I hated them, this is ridiculous.
0: <laughs> right. And so this is like a like he gives a link and I, I guess we'll provide the link too, because he put it yeah. publicly, uh, right. to a sort of Turkish collecting area um which is just pretty pretty awesome yes they hate it you know it makes sense you know because if if that yeah i don't want this stinky you know it'd be like if someone came up to me and told me hey you know what go bots are a thousand times more valuable than transformers (laughs) i'd be like yeah but you know i mean come on yeah, but they're worth a thousand times more. Yeah, but come on. I mean, GoBots... It's Go bots. Princ- <laughs> Yeah. It's principle, here. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, and I, I must have upset someone there. <laughs> I, Maybe. I, I I did like GoBots, especially like the little uh, submarine guy. That, that was a good one. <laughs> uh, I think they also had a limo. That was a pretty lame one. Mm. Um, so anyways, uh, he says not for... He, says he doesn't want Joe to feel bad, but his name is not pronounced meat. It's pronounced Meta. And again, it's Uzai. So... If we can get people to say Chris Chelios, I mean, if we can get people to say Chris Jorgulius, we can get people to say Uzai, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that's that's doable.
0: And this is good because every time I meet a Turkish person, I ask them how to pronounce that word. And they just look <laughs> at me like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, and also, uh, Sean K. Uh, helped to... Not only put on the party and just be a generally awesome guy who I didn't get a, enough of a chance to talk to at celebration, although I did get to talk to him a couple times. But um, he's the kind of guy you just want to talk to more. But uh, he provided a room sale video. Yeah, it's great. It kind of it kind of
1: helps soften the the wound that of losing our audio. At least there's there's some record of what was
0: going on. Yeah, at, uh, it's great. Yeah, and there's a couple other videos out there too, and we'll try and provide links to those. Although realistically, I probably will forget. Um, (laughs) And then also, I thought it'd be kind of fun to have a sort of new listeners of the month. Okay. So sometimes we get we get little uh, emails from new listeners, and the main reason that I want to do this is, you know, if people are. Are members of the forums or people who I recognize, and they say, "Oh, I started listening." You know, like uh, for instance, I got an email from Grant, you know, who featured on our first episode, and he said, "Oh, I've been catching up." You know, but I don't think that's as important. Whereas some folks, uh, like um, this guy Sal, uh, you know, he said that he really liked our show and he just discovered it, and he's not that much of a vintage collector, but you know, we're kind of turning him on to it. Right. And uh he asks if we were talking about the same La Cumbre Plaza that's in Santa Barbara. Oh what? Yeah, and so he, he <laughs> that's lives in crazy he lives in Ventura. So Oh nice. Uh, I, okay. I, I was like, Hey man, you get get in touch with Steve, join that California yeah. club.
1: Yeah, yeah, Speaking of which we actually we got a new club member because of the podcast. Um Oh really? Yeah, uh I and it's another name I am not sure if I'm pronouncing it right, but it's Keita. Um Okay. He's in, in the Bay Area and he contacted me through uh the uh, club email saying that he'd heard the podcast and then heard about the club and um, so yeah we got another member out of it um,
0: that's great so well,
1: yeah it's 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 working somehow
0: yeah the the club and this podcast were both born right there in uh Goleta, California so that's right that is indeed the same and then I got a pretty good email from uh, Tim I don't uh, the all the all I don't know if that's like a cool screen name like the all like the everything <laughs> or that's actually the opposite of the neon you know, from everything to oh, nothingness. Oh, yeah, there you go. Maybe he's a Sartre fan. Anyways, uh, <laughs> he talks about how much he likes the Death Squad commander um, because of his freakishly great name. <laughs> I just like the way he said that. Uh, and then he also <laughs> makes the point that it was the first ancillary character uh, to sort of be made into a figure. And uh, that that kind of set a precedent for the rest of ah, um, the line. That's true. Yeah. I think it's true. He says maybe Sand People. But right. not really because Sand People you can really – Play with. Yeah. Whereas that's... Death Squad Commander, not so much. <laughs>
1: He's the B Wing pilot's great
0: granddad. Exactly. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, a little family resemblance there. Yeah. And uh, he also tells us that uh, his childhood R2 was eaten by his, his German Shepherd. So <sighs> if you have any other stories about uh, uh, the sad destruction of your childhood figures, we also like to hear that. Yeah, always good. Um, and that was pretty much it for the feedback, Steve. Um, yeah, it was good. Um, it was good. Not a lot. Not a lot of feedback from uh, from the episode thirty-two. But again, I think people just kind of gave us a mulligan for that one. So, uh, <laughs> and for that, we thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they can't all be hit, Steve, right? No, don't know. I mean, there wasn't even like its own. Yeah, you know, it wasn't even its own figure. You know, it was no, kind of no, like this no. weird half malformed uh <laughs> issue um it was a b-side all right it was yeah, a b-side sorry. and steve this will be our for our last baseball update oh here we go once again uh, what was the final result of the well, fantasy baseball season steve
1: well i ended up smack dab in the middle which i given the fact that i'd never pay attention to my team i will take it <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. Uh, I, you know, I it's better than I used to be, I guess. But uh, uh, the uh, co-host here is yet again the champion. So congratulations, man. That's you are a damn good fantasy baseball player.
0: Well, it's more that I spend too much time thinking about <laughs> baseball. But
1: <laughs> see, I'm trying. I'm trying to give you the the. The, the you know the good side of the coin here. Yeah, no,
0: that's the good side. Well, you know what it is is like you know I'm I'm a person of many hobbies. You know, and uh, the thing I love about baseball is it doesn't cost any money, um, <laughs> yeah. and especially if you keep winning the league. Uh, so, thing is, Steve, we don't have a boasting league. You know, like most fantasy sports, it's all about like I'm the best and I'm going to put you down. Right, like, right. We don't do that. Oh, which no, which is fine unless you always win, in which case it's kind of a bummer because <laughs> because first of all, you know, when I eventually lose, no one will have the joy of putting me in my place, and then <laughs> in this time I don't get to be like, okay, suckers. But uh, anyway,s yeah, it's as a Red Sox fan, it's an ambiguous position to win well, hey, three yeah. times in a row. It's like, hey, man, I don't, I hate the winners. I like at the end of the season, I was kind of hoping someone caught me, but. uh <laughs>
3: Yeah. but i put hey, all of okay. the
0: money towards the uh the, the the rest of my kellerman purchase from awesome. todd
1: there there's a reason for
0: it it's yep. it all goes back into into the machine yep so you know last year it was getting the uh the the, the baggy sample no last year it was uh, the bruce white painting okay. the year before that went into the baggy sample uh chewbacca cool. so it always goes into something good yeah and you know what that means, British and Australian and Pakistani listeners. <laughs> time for cricket. It's cricket season. <laughs> it's cricket season, so uh, we'll we'll work our way through. <laughs> uh, awesome, Steve. Well, it looks like our recording time is coming in at just under two hours.
1: Yeah, lean and mean, but still still got some substance.
0: Yep, I'll uh, be doing the editing and get it out there and I'd be scouring eBay for fun poncho <laughs> I, I think that's yeah it's, it
1: should be my top priority yeah <laughs> awesome yeah. well wampa wampa adios
0: this podcast is not endorsed by Lucasfilm limited Hasbro Toys, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only the official Star Wars site can be found at www.starwars.com the official Hasbro site can be found at www.hasbro.com. Star Wars, all names and sounds of Star Wars characters, and any other Star Wars-collected items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, or the respective copyright and trademark orders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Star Wars Collector's Archive, unless otherwise